If you are looking for a kick-ass and reliable work or gaming PC, head over to falconnorthwest.com and configure the rig of your dreams. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we review some GPUs and talk about 2024. And I did not queue up the intro, and there we go. Welcome to this episode of The Full Nerd. It is number 287 of this podcast. This podcast is PC World's premier PC hardware podcast. Uh, I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, we will hopefully be joined by uh, another fellow PC World person. But in the meantime, I have two of my friends. Uh, first up, I got, I got Will Smith. Hello, Will Smith. Hi, welcome, Adam. Welcome back to the show. Always good to have you. It's good to be here. Thank you, as always, for having me. Uh, and uh, next up, my, my other friend uh, is Alex Batalia from Digital Foundry. Hello, Alex. Yeah, hello there, Adam. And Will, uh, it's like every week a new graphics card at this point, so we have to talk about it eventually. Right? I, I mean, it's more graphics cards have come out in the last week than came out from 1995 to 2000 <laughs> at this point, I think. It's like the whole generations true. of generations. Yeah, I do. well, I, hopefully there's not too many left in the closet back there. I, yeah, uh, I'm just going to keep it. Who knows what's in this closet back here? <laughs> yeah. What's on your shelf, Alex? What What is on your oh shelf, my God. actually? I, I, the one right behind me, there are some old classic GPUs there. There's Ooh, a X800 XT from nice. Radeon. There's an X1950 Pro from Radeon and a 9800 Pro. Uh, I have a lot of ATI boxes. Fancy for some reason. Uh, is that a we'll, CRT back there, or is that a uh, is that a? This a, is a T. This is a T. This is a TFT monitor right here, and okay. then on the floor. Ah, it's a little bit hard to see. There is actually a CRT right there. Okay, okay. <laughs> a little hard to see. Nice. Uh, Will, are you using your your CRT uh, currently? I, I do. No? No, I don't. I my CRT is uh, in storage down downtown San Francisco, close to the uh, close to the PC World offices. Actually, oh, I did. My, I, I've had a storage unit there for like twenty years now, so it's where so, all the old old stuff lives. So that thing's just sitting there, like just, like getting money, right? Look, it's getting more <laughs> worth more and more yeah. every day. As, as more, it's like as your some, investment. Every time somebody drops a CRT, one day it'll be the last one standing. is is my dream. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna retire on that bad boy. That's my that's my retirement <laughs> monitor. Do you think there's a I do you think there, the, real quick? Do you think there's a lockbox big enough at a bank for a CRT? You're like, hey, I've I've got to put this in a lockbox, and they're like, what? <laughs> we can't uh, right. look. The one thing I've learned over the last twenty years is if you have enough money, there's they'll they'll do whatever you ask them to at the bank. They you just go in, and you're oh, like, wow. hey, I have a I want to put this goat corpse in in your in your safe deposit <laughs> vault. And they'll be like, okay, sure, whatever, we got you. Uh, oh. That seems like an oddly specific reference. I'm not going to ask uh, Alex. You did have a question though. <laughs> I, I was just curious what type of CRT it is. If you recall, if you haven't used it in a while, it's been in that lock oh. box for so long. <laughs> well, so I gave away a 24 inch Sony Trinitron, the big flat. Uh, ancient one years and years ago when I left Max when wow. I moved last time because I didn't want to halt this was this was 18 years ago and I immediately regretted it and um, it, it has since gone on to better things the CRT that's in there is probably like a 20 inch sharp it's nothing special it's like an old it's mm -hmm. it's the TV that I had in on my desk when I was working for ours literally in the late 90s early 2000s uh, that, oh, wow. that had a okay. probably an N64 or something hooked up to it 
Uh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. We're we're not here to talk about CRTs, but before we get into the meat of the topics, I do have a quick little uh, little hit. I just got these in the mail yesterday. The Noctua Brown uh, LTT screwdrivers. Are you are you guys a fans of uh, LTT screwdrivers? Do you do you understand how I've nice? I've got to is? use one. Oh wow! I've got well, to use one. Yeah, I saw, Gordon let me look at his when I was in there once, but I haven't actually touched it. So uh, you know, it's it's all about the the knurling. You know, you got this 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 nice grip here, and then it is like a, a perfect fidget mm-hmm. item. I I have mine. I actually have another one on the desk right behind me. <laughs> uh, wow. Yeah, and so yeah, I just sit here. It's like the ultimate fidget item. Uh, I've never been a ratchet screwdriver guy. I'm always I like I like the I like like the 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 ones with the spinny uh, the spinny stump at the end of the handle, so you can oh, you get in the yeah, those are spin. Interesting. Yeah. The one thing I'm also a big fan of, and this is not too common, is ones that can also uh, adjust the angle that you're screwing from. Because uh, oh. I, I recently put together a mini ITX case for someone, and I was having the problem that the screwdriver, you know, like the like the part where you put in the bits at the front, mm-hmm. it was too thick to get into an actual area. And if I had like an angled screwdriver, I could have done it. But alas, I did not. Uh, yeah. Alas. But yeah. those exist too. Those exist too. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not here to talk about mini ITX, even though I mean, I would. If we want to just wipe the slate clean, we can talk about mini ITX. But you know what would fit in a good mini ITX system? A 4070 Ti Super? I don't know. I guess it depends. Maybe? It <laughs> yeah, depends on the system, maybe. right? Yeah, it depends on the system. So uh, if you did not know, NVIDIA continues uh, January's onslaught of GPU launches. Uh, last week was, uh, and since then, since the show last week, I, I got in a, a 4070 Super uh, that's got fingerprints all over it. Uh, there is no <laughs> reference model for the 4070 Ti Super, uh, but hopefully uh, I think they are sending me an Asus version that I can uh, test out, so we'll see about that. Um, Will, did you you don't have a forty seventy Ti Super on hand? Correct? I sadly, I look. I'm they they send me uh, one or two video cards a year, and it's ones that they are very enthusiastic about usually. So okay. And um. Alex, uh, <laughs> I know I know Digital Foundry uh, is is looking to yes. have a, a forty seventy Ti Super review up. Yeah, it would have gone up, um, but it's currently not up. Uh, Rich is currently working on it. Uh, the numbers are, we'll talk about them soon enough, but like, uh, it, it's its not the most, most interesting GPU release this year so far. Yeah, it, it's been kind of weird because uh, all, all three of these super refreshes were, were kind of brought up uh, or announced during CES. Uh, and I feel like each one of them had different excitement levels or lack of thereof excitement levels uh alex i I haven't had a chance to talk to you since uh ces well well first off what did you think of ces uh for the for the pc uh, at least uh from the pc perspective i was very interested actually in the monitor announcements uh Mm. because uh, we will talk about if you ever watch df direct uh, i'm a big john and i have big bugbear issues with pc monitors and they keep getting better over time one thing that we always wanted was more oled for example and it's there's more of that coming now so uh that was really exciting and i i guess i kind of did like these super refreshes in, in theory uh we'll talk about in practice very briefly well <laughs> w- w- uh, maybe re- recap real quick uh your thoughts or maybe df's uh general thoughts of the 4070 super from last week where where did, where uh, did you fall on that uh uh it was uh, essentially 
a new way to, in that price class, bring out something that is better. And it's something that we wish the original 4070 was uh, because it wasn't always a clear cut above the 3080, uh, at least in rasterized performance specifically all the time. So it didn't feel like a great gen-on-gen win that we were used to seeing, I would say, pre-RTX 2000 series. Like, um, obviously, the, the amount of stagnation in the middle class of GPUs in terms of performance is uh, something that we talk about quite often on DF Direct. So we were pretty happy, and I've got one right here, just like you do have, a 4070 Super. I think this is a pretty cool GPU. I do technically wish it was always still a little actually less expensive than it currently is. Um, <laughs> uh, I'd say that about almost every individual <laughs> GPU at this point in time. Uh, but I think it is a better successor to the 3080 going down a class. I think it should have been the original, actually, RTX 4070 should have been the super. Yeah, you had a, a real good question on one of the recent DFDRX of somebody looking to upgrade or side grade from a 3080 Ti, right? And, uh, yeah, it was actually a 3080. Oh, um, a vanilla 3080. To, to 4070 or even the 4070 Ti. And I, I actually advised them to wait because I thought... Uh, unless every game you're playing is path traced one that DLSS three is amazing and fun. But I think if you just had a little bit more patience, waited for RTX 5,000, you'd see a much larger upgrade when you do that and maybe be more satisfied over time. Yeah. Skip, skipping generations always seems like a good, like if you, if you, especially if you're starting at the high end and going down at your always seems like the right choice. Right. Right. Well, uh, yeah. So w- with that, uh, Let's let's talk about the 4070 Ti. Reviews are out. Um, like Alex said, the DF doesn't have a review up. And actually, I, I, we know of uh, a couple other outlets that do not have a review up because of some uh, some hardware issues uh, going into it. So, But there are, are some out there. I, I did watch some videos. A uh, friend of the show, Steve, over at Gamers Nexus, uh, had a video. Uh, Steve at Hardware Unboxed had a video. And actually, uh, Wendell from Level 1 Techs had a video. I, anytime I get to, to watch Wendell... Uh, he just, mm-hmm. it, it just, he lulls me to sleep. Not okay. That sounded bad. <laughs> he, he just such a gentle, kind man. I just like, feel like I'm like in his arms, just like hearing him talk about GPUs. Uh, and it, you know, it doesn't put me to sleep cause he's boring. It just puts me to sleep cause I, I love his voice. <laughs> um, Oh no no! Actually, he never mind. He he reviewed the Radeon. I'm sorry. I guess mm. what the there's it's multiple right. GPUs hey. that just launched this week. <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking about cards. the oh my god. Yeah, we'll we'll get okay. We'll get to Wendell in a little bit then. Um. So yeah, the the overall takeaway. Oh, and I I guess I should say just like last week. Um. Uh, Brad is out. He's got some personal stuff going on. So we did not have a review up of the 4070 Super. He is still out. Actually, I think. Maybe he came back today or maybe tomorrow. So he does not have a review of the 4070 Ti uh, Super, uh, unfortunately, either. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully those things will, will be coming. But, I mean, on the whole, it looks like kind of one of those issues where the upgrade, even though on paper looks nice, it's not – it's more like, oh, kind of the same thing, the 4070 Super, where this is kind of what it should have been. You know, 1440p performance is still great, and there there is an uplift here and there, but also it, it puts itself in a, a better uh, spot for 4K, which is good because of the, the memory and right. the memory bus and things like that, which is nice, but it's also not... I think we were saying before the show, like, the pure raster is not 
the uplift that uh, a lot of people were were expecting. Um, is is that what right. you guys were seeing out on the the internet? Is that a good summation? From my perspective, yes. And I think actually it's just more like uh, okay, it is less dramatic than maybe the forty seventy super, but I would say it is what the original <laughs> forty seventy Ti should have been. Um, because that was kind of also like the, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these, um, we described when the originally, um, the 4,000 series cars started rolling out that in terms of price performance, uh, the 4090 was so weirdly good looking for being ridiculously expensive just because it actually offered like large upgrades over the previous generation. And it like within its halo price class, it was ridiculous. It was still very powerful. But then as you went down the stack, the amount of performance you got back for Euro or dollar given out kept going down. And that one was one, especially with the original launch idea of actually naming it a 4080. Right. Um, that that's you know so it seemed really out of place at that point and i think they had to probably budget uh they had probably had to change the price before launch a little bit as well as that's why they changed the name and i feel like still it wasn't in a great place after the fact uh in between the 4070 and the 4080 4080 being ridiculously expensive and just really didn't make sense to me and it just felt like it was in an awkward place especially with its vram configuration where it could be like a 3090 and better um, but then it didn't have any of the 3090s utility of being uh, resolution agnostic because 3090, you don't actually have to worry about VRAM considerations when turning on the, the good stuff, the ray tracing, the path tracing. Frame generation itself also uses VRAM, for example, increases VRAM. Uh, and those are things that you honestly, for that amount of money you're giving out, you shouldn't really be feeling pressured with by 12 gigabytes, in my humble opinion. Uh, which you could technically be. So this GPU solves that issue. Uh, it brings the the 4070 Ti into uh, in a better place, and it's going to be fully replaced, unlike the 4070. The 4070 is still going to exist on market and be manufactured, but the 4070 Ti is actually being replaced. So it's a bit like the 2070 when that happened. Uh, and I think it is better, but I just I still wish that the price went down a little bit. <laughs> Alex, do you feel like this is a like to me? This looks like a really great 1080p, 1440p card, but maybe an iffy 4K card, especially if you like high settings and ray tracing and stuff like that. Is that is that fair? Or I, I mean, I think I think uh, you can get away still with a lot of that uh, using DLSS, but I think it's also one where you almost feel like you should be obliged to spend more money and get something better just because you can actually get a good good deal better GPU in the upcoming future. I think when that 4080 Super launches, which is going to be... How much more expensive is it in terms of MSRP? It's a a big hop up there. Yeah, it's still still a big hop, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess I should um, check Newegg prices because I I haven't checked Newegg prices this morning for all the different versions because, once again, there is no uh, founder's edition of the TI Super. Uh, yeah, um, that's the one. That's the one. A uh, slightly negative thing ooh. about the cards that don't get founders editions because they can sometimes add is like they can be like one of the few cards that are MSRP, um, depending <sighs> upon what the board partners do. That's a whole another question. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we I have feel a, like yeah, we have sorry. MSI Ventus, so the the dual uh, axial fan for eight hundred dollars, all the way up to a uh, ROG Strix, <sighs> you know, with the, the all the bells and whistles and RGB lighting for. $950. So, oh my just, goodness. Just shy of the 2080 Super. <laughs> or, I'm 40, sorry, yeah, 4080 Super. 
Imagine that. That's that's like you're getting much less of a card. It seems like at that at that just on paper. I don't know what the forty eight super benches are like at this point. So yeah, Um, will be coming soon. I imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you can't comment on that. I don't believe. Of course. But I, I believe. In this case, yeah, in terms of, I could use this card for 4K. And in fact, I'll, I'm going to be in upcoming videos focusing a little bit more on using a smaller card for 4K at one point uh, to just prove a point about something. But uh, I, at the same time, if you're going to be investing that much money, I feel like you should probably go 1440p with this GPU just to get the really the most out of it. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a 4090 at 1440p, if you understand what I mean hmm. by that. That makes sense. Yeah, I, well, and so the, the other thing, I guess uh, I closed Newegg and I shouldn't have, but I, I'm wondering how much stock of the original 4070 Ti is there, and at what point does it make sense to be like, oh, you know what, actually, the 4070 Ti is dipping in price. Uh, you know what, actually, hmm. I mean, at least on Newegg in the U.S., there is still quite a bit of uh, stock left, but some of these are not dipping. Uh, I mean, the, the lowest one I'm seeing is 769 so... <laughs> Like no, yeah, that isn't a, good. A, at all, yeah, actually. no, you you wouldn't want to get that, you know, well, <laughs> for for that price. So, <laughs> I mean, it's a dramatically it's a dramatically less imp- like the the memory bus width increased on this on the TI Super and the memory configuration both increased. And I think they jacked up the clock speed. Some is that the the CPU the GPU clock speed is that just a smidge? Yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> just enough to really jank, uh, jack up the power consumption. It seemed like from the from some of the reviews I was I think Steve at Gamers Nexus was doing some power consumption tests on it, and it was kind of remarkable how much more. How much more uh, uh, juice it draws under load and spikes to mm-hmm. than even the forty seventy Ti, which is you know roughly equivalent. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it, it's, it's both of like I mean, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but both of these cards seem like weird in betweener cards that mainly exist because they continue slicing up. Like the it used to be in the good old days there were three cards there was the fast card there was the medium card and there was the slow card <laughs> and now we have the fast slow card and the slow slow card in addition to the slow medium card and then we have the medium slow slow medium 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 and medium fast I I like wh- I don't know why we I I, I kind of I know why but I kind of <laughs> yeah. wish that we didn't capitalism have to have baby enormous <laughs> yeah. differentiation between you know all the different all the different uh, parts that are available now. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think the reason why that happened, we all can have our own theories. I would love to actually hear why you all think that started originally, um, but I think it was kind of the time around seventy, uh, Radeon seventy nine hundred, I believe, and that was Nvidia GTX six eighty. It's yeah. kind of like uh, there was like um, I think Nvidia realized their mid range chip was almost as powerful as the high end. AMD ATI one at the time, and they realized we can create an entirely new market segment by doing this. And uh, I think that then split up things. That's when you've got the 70, uh, sorry, the GTX 7, 780 and 780 Ti, and then the Titan X Black, or I don't know, it was Titan XP, was it? Well, the, I forget which t- one it was. One of the Titans. It was one of the Titans. It's, it's basically, there was a lot of segmentation that occurred right as that generation happened for the first time ever. There was like an Ultra Halo product. There was a cut down version of that. Uh, and it was the first time we saw that in such a big way. 
uh, that I think it hasn't recovered ever since the market. <laughs> it's just kind of led it down that path. I mean, it's it's funny because they have kind of been. They, they, I mean, they started doing it before then, but they've 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 gone it back and forth with it based on how their position the market was. Right, like prior to the D, first, I guess DX eight cards. Even they had the mm-hmm. they rolled out MX and TIs in the in the right. GeForce three and four lines, and and kind of t- first tasted that forbidden fruit and then they had a couple of bad years there and and backed off to just hey we have the fast one that's not as fast as the other guy's card um but but it, i mean it, it is because i think it's also i think it also helps the oems a lot because it gives them more flexibility on on you know how to compete at best buy in the most confusing way possible for for uh people who buy compu- desktop pcs at best buy which i i have to imagine at this point is a small market but i don't know <laughs> Um, I, th- I think you'd probably be surprised. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I, I also think mm-hmm. that I mean, if if there were three cards and the top end is a forty ninety, it's sixteen hundred dollars. Well, plus, right? Like you don't have much uh, much you know money in there when in the past you know you're you're talking about you know a hundred dollars uh, separating them. Now you're talking about hundreds of dollars separating yeah. each one of them. So, you know, oh, yeah. I, I it I mean to a certain degree, in some ways, it almost feels like. Like the jump in some of these is even bigger than you would expect, right? Moving from like a forty sixty Ti to a forty seventy Super, you know, is, is still hundreds of dollars, uh, depending on yeah. which models you get or whatever. Uh, so, like, where I feel like in the past, I remember GPU shopping even during like the the nine or the ten series, where it was like, hey, you know, can I spend maybe sixty more dollars to to bump up to the next one? Now it's like, oh no, can I spend over a hundred dollars to <laughs> bump up to the next one? Uh, yeah, so. and and they unfortunately, due to the way they differentiate the cards, uh, which is something that Will also just talked about, uh, the, the gradations. Some of the gradations are less interesting than the others because they have so many caveat points in them, like the forty sixty. I actually think the forty sixty is okay on a certain level but then you look at the eight gigabytes of vram and you say like once again one thing i dislike about gpus is ones that like they disincentivize you from using them in a specific role and i feel like the 4080 sorry the 4060 does that with its eight gigabytes it says do not even want to try (laughs) and use this card at 1440p it's going to be a little a lot more challenging uh and i don't like that at all because then it makes you want to upsell the next card which actually is quite more expensive like you're saying adam like the 40 4070 super now or 4070 and the and the nvidia stuff especially because of how good dlss is like it it hides a lot of crimes on the low end the low end skews so like to add better point i mean it's nice that it's there right (laughs) but you also don't want to just hang on it and have that be the saving grace yeah, but it feels like they they looked at hey we can put eight gigs of memory on this thing and make it perform the way we want at fourteen forty p so that we have a reason to sell a better card for fourteen forty p people, which is like I mean yeah. it's capitalism baby, but as as you said Adam, but like it feels bad like, as the as the person who you know always loved finding the 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 you know that that one weird part that you could that you could get either the fifty percent overclock on or you could put a better cooler on or whatever. You know, they're aware that those things exist, and and since the 1080, we kind of haven't seen mm-hmm. one of those in a, in a minute. Right, really, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're just like, okay, cool. You know, glad it's there. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's not. You know, we're not like running into the streets and being like, yay, finally. <laughs> so, well, it, 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 
and, and it's it's weird. It's always weird to compare these inside the generations because people don't go out and buy a forty sixty and then or forty seven DTI and then upgrade to the forty seven DTI no. super. Mm-hmm. This is this is hey, we're making the forty seven DTI better so that people are holding on to twenty eight DTIs are 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 eyeballing this and thinking, oh, maybe that's finally the that's the point that I'm going to upgrade to. Right, this is finally good enough for me to make the jump before the 5000 series comes out so they can you know they can get they can double nvidia double dips instead of single dips on on, on those people <laughs> well and i mean we we talked about this before the show but i think it in some ways it's kind of the same thing as 14th gen a lot of people are like what the hell 14th gen is literally 13th gen uh why would they even do it and uh in my review of that i was like you know what to a certain degree it's a fresh car smell, you know. You, Nvidia's rolling into 2024, and guess what? They got they got that fresh car. You want that fresh car? Uh, you don't want that last year car. That one stinks, you know. You got that. that ooh, look at this 4070 uh, Super. Oh, it's got that fresh look, car smell. It does on it. smell good. <laughs> look, Adam, as as somebody who has a 13th gen with an iffy memory controller and and works in Unreal, oh, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at those 149s real close and thinking maybe maybe that better memory controller is worth the upgrade. So I don't know. Right. Yeah. I mean, what what, what issues yeah. are you having? Actually, I'm very curious. Though. I can't. I can't uh, play I'm... Fortnite at full clocks. Uh, I have to. I have to bump the multiplier down to 52x because the uh, it triggers EAC. The memory gets just corrupt enough yes. to trigger the easy anti cheat and crashes it uh, with no with oh no goodness. no dump. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. It is. I can. I can run. I can bake light maps on Unreal. I can do everything else. Fortnite. Any EAC game will crash it. It's it's remarkable. Yeah. Anyway, it's the price of the bleeding edge, Alex. This is this is this is what we do. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking <laughs> speaking of the bleeding edge, let's move over to the Radeon RX seventy six hundred XT. Uh, Ooh, that's, actually, a, that's a big boy. Yeah. This that's is a the, huge card. Yeah. This is the XFX Speedster Quick three oh nine of the seventy six hundred XT. You know, that's the other weird trend I've noticed too is that. Like, this card does not need three fans. I mean, I guess if you want no. it to be as cold and quiet as possible, cool. But, you know, this card could definitely get away with less fans. Uh, so could probably get away with a blower, actually. I yeah. Know. So I, 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 I do wonder, like, I feel like that's another trend uh, all around of, like, uh, you know, of all GPUs, not just AMD ones, but just companies being like, hey, what if we stick three fans on a, uh, you know, $300 card? Uh, you know, <laughs> make, makes you feel better. It doesn't make you. Hmm. Actually, I do wonder if, like, subconsciously, this makes you feel like you got a better card. Oh, like, I, like I'm, if you I'm have sure. if you have a really small one, like, you know, you're like, oh, you know, eh, I paid three hundred dollars for this, but no, I paid three hundred dollars for this. Look, if you if you bought a case, if you bought a GPU without a giant shroud and a bunch of fans on it these days, you got the weenie GPU, Adam. That's that's. Uh, <laughs> There's de- definitely some of that. I'm sure there's data in the in the marketing departments at NVIDIA and AMD that, that, that show that that is the way could, people believe. Yeah. Well, speaking of data, uh, yeah, once again, the, the reviews of that hit this morning. Uh, there's where I watched Wendell and felt like he was uh, rocking me to go. sleep yeah. uh, so gently. Um, and Steve, I watched Steve. Uh, he did not sleep a wink. Uh, between all these uh, GPU reviews. So he got that video up as well. And interesting enough, so, I mean, I, I think everyone kind of knew this from the the announcement, but essentially this is a 7600 non-XT with double the RAM. I mean, a, a slight clocking crease, you know, th- things here and there, but for the most part, this is, this is them being like, oh, hey, instead of calling the 7600 
uh, an 8 gig and a 16 gig version. What if we just call this the XT and the XT has double the VRAM? Um, right. I, I, yeah, actually, first question, is that better or worse? Would you rather have AMD do what NVIDIA did and say, hey, we got the 4068 gig and 4060 16 gig? Or have two separate models that are essentially the same GPU, just one, like the non-XT wow. has 8 gig and the XT has uh, 16 gig? I, I love having separate models uh, because when in four years and five years when you're having games crash because they don't have video memory on the small config card... It makes tech support for the poor people sitting and answering questions on the Steam forums so much easier. <laughs> the number of times I've Good had point. to ask somebody if they have a 1063 gig or a 1063 gig is too damn high. Hmm. <laughs> That's a really good point, actually. Right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Historically, it hasn't been that way. Like back in the old days, uh, really old days, like you could have 16 and 8 gigabyte model. Sorry, 16 and 8 megabyte models yeah. of the same thing. <laughs> uh, and, you know... Um, that changed at some point in time. And I actually do agree with you the, the 1060, but when they do that, those are such underhanded things. I've always thought, I thought the 1063 oh. gigabyte really shouldn't have been named that. Uh, I also think this, the, the, the weird 3050 thing that is apparently going to come into existence at some point in the future, which you might've heard about as well. I also don't think that should exist. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of different memory configurations under the same naming. It, it's really confusing. The The problem, the big problem is the people who are buying cards in that price range are often less educated than the people that are willing to spend money on a $1,000, $1,500 GPU. And so they, they're they trained to think, oh, the big number is the one that matters. I'm buying the I'm buying the BMW 3 Series or the BMW 5 Series, right? And and so as a result, they're like, oh, this one is $100 cheaper than the, than the, than the same one with the same big number on it why i'm going to get obviously i'm going to spend save 100 bucks and then then they really are going to have problems and like probably not next year probably not this year the year after and the year after that it'll it'll be a larger issue so Mm -hmm. well yeah so one of the things i mean the reviews are what you would expect i you know like we we can kind of recap some of them but at at the same point you know you're kind of you're you're essentially paying what i think 60 more dollars and you're getting the double vram you know maybe some slight you know uh, FPS increases in, in games, but it, you know, nothing. Ooh, yay. Yeah. Exciting kind of thing. So between the 4060, uh, eight and 16 gig, and then now this 7,600 with an eight and 16 gig, I think maybe we're starting to see like, Oh, okay. How much VRAM do we actually need? Like eight is too small, but 16 is too much. Is that uh, this is true? Yeah, yeah. Right? that sounds very reasonable. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> for the card, for this almost card, I mean, I don't like once again saying that some GPUs like a 1080p one, but for the people who will be buying this in the price range, they probably have a 1080p monitor, so it's very adept to target games and benchmarking with that. Uh, it's not going to be getting much utility at 1080p from 16 gigabytes. What it would have had had the card been designed differently in the first place as a 12 gigabyte SKU. Uh, and it might have been more reasonable at that point. Yeah. 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 Well, so I do, I mean, obviously it's the, the bus width is a thing too. People started talking about, but like, so hmm, I don't know how to formulate this question, but I like listening to you, Alex, talk about like comparing, Hey, how much VRAM do you actually need? How much is addressable by the consoles? How much can, mm-hmm. you know, you over spec on, on a PC and taking away, and we're just talking about gaming here, because I think the other the other 
side of it is people are like, oh, for the stuff that needs big VRAM, like that's awesome. Like I actually did some benchmarks that, yeah, huge benchmark thing that I've, I've been working on for a while. Um, Wow. Is that oh in like DaVinci Resolve you can definitely see the difference between like a forty sixty Ti eight and sixteen even though for gaming like you know it's not worth it but maybe for you know certain tasks or AI workloads or something like that so take that out of the equation because I feel like that's kind of a right a, a side if you, if, discussion if you care about that you're probably not buying a card in this price range would be my uh, guess is the other thing eh, maybe I you know I don't know. I, whatever people can afford, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But for gaming specifically, do you still feel like, you know, especially now that we've seen this, 12 gigs is like the 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 min spec, what it should be going forward? I, I feel like that should have been the, uh, the medium range mid spec this time around. And I was disappointed that the 4060 was um, 8 gigabyte because the 3060, uh, its predecessor was a... 12 gigabyte GPU because NVIDIA was originally most likely trying to sell another six gigabyte card when it originally came out and they were, they panicked before market and turned into a 12 one on that same bus, um, which is, you know, you just double up the VRAM, the amount. Um, that's what you do. Um, I feel like that was a very big missed opportunity and 12 could have been a perfect standard to go forward because with the way console ports, like you were saying, Adam, there are going to be done in the near future. And we've seen it with a number of uh, ports in the last year. Um, developers, if they don't, if they're not going to take the time to make good versions of the game in terms of the textures, on an eight gigabyte GPU because they just don't, because they don't have the money, the production time, or I don't know, maybe the technical knowledge, depending upon the developer, um, then you can get a very bad experience on an eight gigabyte GPU. I would hope that doesn't, isn't the case, but you could have spec yourself out of it very easily if they had brought out 12 gigabyte cards that were very convincing. I think last time around, AMD actually had that with the 6700 series, uh, which was 12 gigabyte. They actually had that. Uh, and then they kind of dropped it when they went into 7,000 series. And, you know, as the story was with NVIDIA, they, they, they price class the card so strangely that the 4060 was awkward and it's extra eight gigabyte version. The 16 gigabyte one was also awkward. And then upgrading to a 4070 was an entirely different price class anyway. Uh, yeah. So I'd say 12 gigabyte would have been amazing. And I really wish both of them had done it in the mid range price class. Well, and what's, what's going what's gonna to push it up? next because i mean obviously 12 if if you feel like 12 is like hey you know that's kind of the the minimum mm-hmm. when when would we go up next is that another console refresh do you think that's just wow games are you know like constantly always going to be using more vram like what what's what's the impetus to to push forward uh i actually probably do think it will be a, a the next generation of consoles because i don't see um i mean well, unless the mid-range um, performance in ray tracing and path tracing games dramatically increases in the next like four years, I mean the, uh, the, the, the at that at the mid-range it would have to be ray tracing like current gen ray tracing games that are just sucking up a lot more memory. But yeah, like, that's it. The consoles, the current consoles are sixteen gigs, right? So we're not going to see, and it's shared, so we're not going to mm-hmm. see. I don't, I don't, I don't think they're going to push beyond unless somebody is. You know, unless in, somebody pays for somebody to go out and build some custom stuff that's PC, essentially PC exclusive, like has happened with Cyberpunk. Yeah, right. 
that's yeah. the thing. Like it needs those PC exclusive things. And that's where it becomes more interesting. I think we're going to see more of that over time, but whether or not the mid range user is going to want to even take advantage of those features always is an entirely different question versus a lot of people who do use DLSS, like you just talked about earlier. And that's the one that isn't about sucking up more memory. It's actually just about getting a good image quality and more frames. So. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, we have a street trout in the chat uh, saying, I, I do really hope the market correction and reality checks hit these GPUs companies hard. I do wonder how much of these, you know, kind of mid-cycle refreshes or like filling out the rest of the lineup kind of uh, stuff is because consumers were going out and being like, I'm not going to buy this new card because it doesn't have enough VRAM or hmm. because it's about pricing I, yeah, I, I I tend to feel like I, most consumers will look at pricing first and try to figure out what, what they can get within their budget kind of thing. So it's more like, oh, we're probably not selling enough cards. We need to kind of readjust the stack to, to get better specs at a lower price. It's not necessarily specifically about the VRAM thing. It's kind of more holistic than that. I don't know. What do you guys think? We talked about this a little bit last week. I think that there's... You know, a lot of us went into a time warp somewhere in March of 2020, and and it still feels like we're in the third year, third or fourth year of 2020 right now. Um, and the in 2020 yeah. that never stops. Yeah, in, in 2020, <laughs> I had a 2080 Ti that ripped, and like I think a lot of people, just anecdotally talking to people who you know were reporting tech problems on the Anacrusis or wanted to know why they weren't getting 150 frames a second in a game that came out, you know, in December with their 2080s look at their 2080 and think man i have a badass pc and this is this is top of the line hardware and at this point they're running cards that are five years old um and i and i think that nvidia and amd are both trying to like they're trying to make the bait just right to pull those people in they're 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 casting more and more lines and they're they're like i said trying to get those people to come in and buy new cards now and and right. it's hard because they've gone what they're doing is taking a customer who bought what they thought was the best card they could get and they're saying, hey, you now qualify for a third tier card, the bad version of the third tier card. And like that's a that's a tough like that's a big that's a that's a tough sell. Right. Um, so, so NVIDIA's kind of hosed themselves with their renaming scheme, I think, is what, what I'm my, my take. <laughs> yeah, it, it, does, it doesn't feel the ego better. <laughs> what? Like almost they they could have appealed to the ego of the consumer better with better naming is almost what you're saying. Yeah, right? I mean when they changed when they when they renamed the Titans forty nineties and made that the high watermark for the for the you know thirty ninety forty ninety made that the right. high watermark for the generation. Then then what they're saying is, hey, you have to spend sixteen hundred dollars to get the good one now. When people had been trained by ten eighties and twenty eighties, that you spent five or right. six hundred dollars to get the good one, and that, and that's a like that's a like they're good for them for trying i guess uh, you know i'm not an nvidia shareholder but if i was i'd be really stoked at that as somebody who buys video cards i'm less enthusiastic yeah i'm trying to find isn't there isn't there like an, an equivalent in the gaming world where it's like like if, if you debuff something it feels worse than if you just raise everything else up to counter <laughs> right like, oh i think that's like yeah. like if, if, if you have a yeah. weapon that's like you know doing real bad like if, if you if you uh if you cut its performance, it's, it makes those people feel crappy. But if you just bring everyone else's performance up, it, it makes you feel like, yeah, oh, okay, you know. Uh, MMO inflation. Right. Yeah, the idea is it's better to buff everything than to nerf one thing that's really popular. Because I, I feel like that's what kind of happened here. Like, on paper, I think on paper, NVIDIA is trying to say, hey, listen, 
you know, uh, look how much better a 4070 is compared to a 2080 Ti from five years ago, which was a flagship mm-hmm. card. Like, oh my God, this, it's awesome. But also, I've seen plenty of people be like, man, I used to buy X class, 70 class, 80 class, 60 class, whatever. Now, for the price I'm getting, I have to, you know, I, I'm buying the the class one lower down which on paper mm-hmm. it still is going to be really fast and really good for what their needs are but that just doesn't feel good like on uh, I don't know like as right know, <laughs> as a as a purchaser so a lot yeah. of people also look at these um and it's right now the case with Nvidia GPUs specifically where um depending upon the version of the die and the size of the die uh, the price class used to be different and they used to be named differently. Like the 70 became actually, sorry, the six, what was the 50 class became the 60 and what was the 60 class became the 70 in terms of die size and all these things or, or GP or sorry, like the 8103 versus the 8104, et cetera. Like the, these things changed. And uh, I think that was very purposeful on NVIDIA's side. Uh, I think they, they did have market pressures there in terms of how much it costs to actually probably, um, manufacture and get the, the the fab space for it i think that is a reality in, it, in and of itself man will you're right the, the 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 halo tier card that titan card used to be actually not a good price performance buy at all no no it was terrible it was the bad one it was the and, bad one and, I mean, and it, had, it was if the... you had the money right you're like hey you know right. what i've got the money I, I know it doesn't perform that much better but whatever f it i got the money so well, i right. like i i had a friend who was specking on a machine he was like should i get this 3090 i was like no absolutely not you're you're you like you play stuff at 1080p because you stream <laughs> and you like you're never going to see benefit from this card because you don't play competitive stuff so you don't care about like greater than 144 hertz you don't care about this you're not doing machine learning you're not doing video editing there's nothing you're going to do that's going to hit this card and all it's going to do is heat up your office so that you have to crack the door and turn hmm. on the air conditioning earlier and he was like oh, okay great and got a 3080 ti was thrilled with it for a long really long time uh, it's 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 a tough i mean on the other hand they did make the overall offering clearer and made it a, made made let you know where the titan air you know level cards fit into the overall overall scheme I just, it, 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 I don't know. It just feels off. The whole thing feels off. So, well, actually, uh, here's a good analogy from a friend of the show, Retro Sean said, um, it's kind of like how games have, you know, ultra settings and nobody really wants to turn it down to high, but you're going to get a, a performance boost, you know, by not losing too much. Better. Right? Yeah. 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 And if, if anything, that's why I love the videos you do just to, you know, maybe talk about how Thank awesome you, your videos are for a second is that it's like, yeah. oh, you actually just break it down and be like, hey, you know what? Like you could turn this to medium. There's there. And I, I, I can attest there's certain times where you're like, oh, you know what? Like, look, from from ultra to medium, it's not that big of a jump visually, but the performance wise is a huge jump. Like and like. I'll be like, oh, medium. Oh, I'm not a medium. Oh, you know what? Actually, he's kind of right. That is a nice performance hit. And you know what? I don't really notice it. So, so that, that's why I appreciate what you do. Yeah. And kind of like, like, look, just look at it. It's okay. It's medium. But, you know, you're getting 10 extra frames yeah. out of it. So I love that, too. Um, I mean, over time, it does change. I think so. There was a recent question in a DF Direct. I love doing that. But there's a recent question in a, uh, in a DF Direct saying, like, ah, one of your recent videos, it was Alan Lake. Um, Elmwick 2 optimized settings. I kind of said like, okay, you there's this game actually has like a real ultra settings. Like I w- what I would describe as ultra settings. The time like when Crisis came out, like where the ultra setting in this game is path tracing, 
it is it requires an entirely different tier of gpu to enable it medium settings are not going to look the same and this is an unfortunate consequence of being just like you're like on the bleeding edge of where technology is so it's it won't which happen is fun. all the time but which is fun like it is nice to have that right you know because it, yeah, it's, and it's fine. It's aspirational. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to have a rig that just, like, blows Alan Wake 2 out of the water. <laughs> yeah, that's the fun stuff. But I guess people get angry about it. Alan Wake 2 was one of the, the clear examples recently where um, they really maybe should have appealed to vanity, almost like Will was talking about earlier, where they named their what are their low and medium settings. They had named them low and medium, and everyone freaked out when it released because they thought that means the game was going to look bad. But low and medium in that game looks like the ultra in something like Call of Duty. So, um, yeah, it's just it's it's a hard thing. I did have this thing, too, because a part of my benchmarking suite is Horizon Zero Dawn, and I liked how they have original quality, which they don't come out and say it, but you're essentially saying console quality, right? The, the original right. one that yeah. came out on console. So, like, I actually do wonder if going forward, would you... And we're getting way off topic here. Maybe I should <laughs> save this That's for later. Right. But, like, like I wonder, like, would it be interesting to have in the settings, like, hey, here's console quality. Or, is like, that is PS4 that. console or PS5 console, though? That's the question, right? Because was a, that was a cross-gen game, right? Uh, that that, was... Oh, that's the, uh, the original 2017 one. Yeah, yeah. The, the original oh, one oh, was PS4. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, 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 I'd love that too. And uh, I, I advocated for it just because it's like it gives people in the audience who don't want to either watch a video online about optimized settings or, or touch styles and settings in a menu. It gives them just a great idea uh, how to start the game. And actually, some one thing that I like, and it's not done too often, is actually all of Hideo Kojima's games on PC, whenever you start them up, like Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding, Metal Gear Solid Five, they always default to whatever console settings are. Actually, it's a little mm. hidden oh, thing nice. that they do. It's that's very nice. cool, and so people who don't know, they just play the game actually at console settings. Uh, speaking of console, uh, Elena Yee has <laughs> showed up. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was a Gordon level joke. Uh, I, mean, I did time nice. it perfectly, right? <laughs> uh, I heard. I heard Will say uh, that's a PS5 game, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> 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 Uh, well, welcome, Elena. Uh, we're here talking about GPUs. Uh, the the latest. Well, we got off topic for a second there, but uh, three hundred and thirty dollar GPU. Uh, first question I have, going back to what we were talking about earlier, do, do you think it makes you feel better that if you get a three hundred and thirty dollar GPU that you get the the bigger shroud and the three fans, even though you don't really need it? Are you asking me specifically, yeah, yeah, yeah. or is that a yeah. group question? No, no, no. Yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier. So I, I, was, I was curious for you, you know, somebody who uh, is like, I maybe I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, but if you're like, ah, hey, you know what, it'd be a better deal to like take twenty dollars off and just get the two fan version because, you know, like I don't really care about, you know, mm-hmm. like it. Oh wow, this has got a bigger shroud and it doesn't really need it. I mean, do you want? my take or do you want the cynics take or do you want the uh give them all yeah (laughs) i would say the first one is the cynics take which is like well how else are they going to charge 330 (laughs) dollars if they Mm -hmm. don't improve the uh the uh, shroud and the aesthetics and what the perceived value is right Mm. um for me personally i would say that uh i like having both as an option honestly like if they had like a, a two fan version because then that way if you're building in a smaller case 
then that opens up your possibilities. But then for somebody who is, you know, maybe more um, temperature sensitive or can have concerns about like ambient temperature and like all that kind of stuff, then maybe, maybe it's not necessary, but then it makes them feel better that they have that as an option. Yeah. Options are good. Mm-hmm. They have one that they sell as the silent version. That's what I'm going to sign up for. It turns out. Yeah, um, that too. Well, yeah. I, I'm real bummed that I didn't, uh, like get a photo with it, but I, did you see the Gigabyte had a forty sixty, like a a half size forty sixty, that they talked yeah, about late last cute. year? It was oh, like, that, yeah, it was just like little tiny. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. Uh, little, yeah, it's half the size, twice the price. That's how yeah. that usually works. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if it's with Mini ITX, right? Everything's more expensive. Yeah, I dig it. Um, it but yeah, uh, any other notes on uh, the 7600 XT? I feel like we were going off topic because there's not really too much to talk about on this one. <laughs> so. uh, and, and just in general, RDNA 3 to me is, is a bit disappointing. Um, I expected more of it in terms of architecture advancements. So I'm actually very excited to see whatever the heck RDNA 4 is versus 3, uh, whether they're going to push in NVIDIA and Intel's direction uh, and also what it means for their mid-range cards at that point in the future. Um, so I'm excited actually more for future cards than what is currently coming out. Well, and uh, Rob, Robert Lawrence asked uh, how it compares to the A770. Once again, we don't have uh, our testing uh, speed up, but uh, to summate what Steve from uh, Gamers Nexus was talking about was like, I mean, it, it compares, it's it's a good comparison point, yes, but also the mm-hmm. in, the inherent Intel arc experience still requires maybe a little bit more patience maybe a little bit more understanding of what's going on because if you do run into a problem uh you know that, that it's you're you're going to need a little bit more knowledge that uh with the art cards as opposed to the other cards they have come a long way they've they've come a a, yes. a long way for damn sure um but yeah it, mm-hmm. I, I mean and actually I'm, I'm looking on new egg right now once again new egg just U.S. sales, uh, but you can get an A770 16 gig for $300. It's the ASRock Challenger wow. version. So, <laughs> yeah. like it's that, so cheap, <laughs> right? I mean, and for that's 16 like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it is it is still a, a damn good card and something to look at. I mean, I th- I feel like in that $300 range, whether you're looking at Radeon 6000, Radeon 7000, Intel Arc. Uh, you know, there's some NVIDIA options too, old and new. Like, I, I feel like in that range, there is some good options to look at. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, performance-wise, I mean, for 1080p gaming, like, you're still getting, you know, some damn good performance. It's just all about, like, nitpicking, right? And just be like, oh, okay, yeah. do I want more VRAM? Do I want NVIDIA features? Do I want to tinker around a little bit more with Arc? Yeah, so... Um, Alex, do you think the VRAM is going to become more important as we see more current gen console? Like, not not like we're just starting to see the ports come that are PS5 native instead of cross gen, and and I wonder if you think that's going to have an impact on the RAM, like uh, if that's going to hit the eight gig card people specifically hard. Um, I, I guess uh, I think it will. Yes, it's going to be on a per game basis, though. I think Unreal Engine titles, which there's going to be a lot of, are going to be fine because they have a very specific way, you know, you use Unreal, like they're using virtual texturing. Uh, Nanite itself is virtual geometry. So it's trying to use as much 
uh, getting as much detail uh, with as little memory usage as possible. So I think that's going to be fine. Uh, but a thing I've seen recently, and I thought the game was really well amazingly optimized, was actually Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. But if you had an 8 gigabyte GPU, um, the game actually didn't allow you to adjust texture settings. They were doing it automatically. And that would give you, the game ran fine, hmm. didn't have any hitches or anything like that on an 8 gigabyte GPU, but occasionally textures would not load in correctly. Like, like you, uh, you, you see saw, real low MIPA, MIPA, MIPA. Yeah, yeah map yeah, levels, it, it's hard to say, it turns out, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you'd see that. And that's something where you don't have any option at that point. And if games start not giving you great options, which ends up happening as the, these gens go by, I think then you could end up having like visually not too great experiences on it. Is, is it UE5 or 4? Do you know? Uh, Avatar? That's yeah. its own engine. It's, oh, it's, it's called... Thing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's the called, UB thing? Um, it's, uh, oh God, Snowdrop is the name of that one. That's okay. the name of the engine, Snowdrop. Uh, also, I, I I bought that game because I heard you guys talking about it on DF Direct and have that that secret unobtainium mode or whatever. And I, I load in the game, and the very first thing it loads you into the the story, you know, and you start playing or whatever. Yeah. And I hit escape, and I go into the video settings, and I was like, "Wait, there's no benchmark in here. What are they talking about? I totally, uh, man, I just put my money <laughs> on this, smash escape, and get out of there." And then later, I didn't realize, oh, you can only engage the benchmark from the main menu, not in the game. Uh, yeah, that's a use, actually a user experience pet peeve of me. Okay. I don't know how you all feel about it. Uh, when the game starts playing without letting you actually adjust it before. Uh, I hate I that. Like that. I hate that. Yeah. That's <laughs> what the kids crave these days. It's, you just want to get right in the game. We're, those, we're, we're trained for instant, instant, uh, you know, instant gratification. Those kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids mess it all up. I don't know. Up. Later? <laughs> Elena, do you like just going straight into the action? I mean, you're talking to a console gamer, friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Good point. Yeah, because on console, you know, no, nobody's stopping to give you like, oh, hey, what resolution do you want to set this to? Um, I mean, that's a, I mean, that is a bit of a joke, but um, I uh, I do find it annoying when I don't get the chance to at least get I, I would call lay of the land, right? Like, I, I at least want to see what's available to me. Um, it, it has that same vibe for me as when you're just like thrown into a cutscene automatically and you just can't escape it. I, mm-hmm. I don't enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, speaking of young and a uh, friend of the show, Ginevra one G one has given us a bunch of super chats. Uh, no questions in here, just comments. So I, I want to quickly read some of them. Uh, 12 gig 4080 would have been the first ever 60 class card with an 80 with the GTX 680 <sighs> and 1080 runner up due to 60 class die with 70, 80 Membus. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what what pushed me fully into APUs was seeing the 300 millimeter 192 bit 3060 uh, for 330 dollars getting replaced with a 30 I'm sorry 300 millimeter 192 bit card for 900 dollars uh, yeah. and just as a reminder the 16 gig A770 has a similar uh, manufacturing cost as the 4080 maybe the A770 is selling at a loss maybe not you know yeah. all, all good all good probably. Notes. Um, yeah, let's, uh, let's move on before we're, we're getting too deep in here, uh, out of the weeds. Uh, this next topic is actually one that Elena brought up when I was talking about <laughs> stuff to, to talk about. And she's like, let's talk about some trends. Um, now I, this is different than predictions. Cause last year, you know, we, we put on paper, we always do that at the end of the year, what we predict is going to happen in the, the coming years. So, so we're, we're not going to 
uh, rehash that or, or get into it too much. But I think it is good to at least talk about like overall trends. Where, where do we hope to see the, the PC in- industry move this year? Where, do, where would we like the PC industry to move uh, this year? Um, let's start with Will. Will, is there, is there anything trend-wise that you're like, you know what, I, I would love to see that this year. I, I'd love to see people pay more attention to power, power and heat. Like I, I think, I think, I would much rather have, uh, you know, a thirteen nine hundred one x nine fifteen nine hundred whatever the number is going to be next um, class part that is that is idles cooler and runs under moderate load cooler with the ability to spike up, but with a like twenty percent thirty percent like less wattage less heat in my office is what all I really want at this mm. point. Like it's, I can't get enough air conditioning in here. It turns out, um, and same thing on the GPU mm. side. Like it's great that we're that we're that we're looking at. Hey, you can pull sixteen hundred watts out of the wall in in North America on a hundred twenty volt fifteen amp circuit, probably. But just because we can doesn't mean we should. I, I'm going to say like this is a, you know, have you yeah. met Gordon? I look, I love Gordon. You, you know, <laughs> this is Gordon and I. Over, I've known Gordon for twenty plus years. We've differed on many many things over the years. This is. <laughs> This is when I was like, hey, my phone is as fast as my computer for sending emails. He, he looked at me and just shook his head in disgust and walked away. So, um, you know, can't blame him. <laughs> uh, that, sounds yeah, I, I, that is that is one nice thing I do like about the 40 series. It is definitely more power efficient. Uh, Way like it, more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I, <laughs> and, and it, it, I mean, it seems like AMD makes it makes progress on the CPU side there. I, maybe I have somebody in chat said I needed a thread ripper, which maybe is the right answer. But um, <laughs> I mean, also it actually might be for you. Yeah. Honestly, if you're doing more production stuff these days, it, it turns out uh, ba- when you bake lights, you really, I can, I can make the whole house warm in, a, in our, in my small North uh, you know, San Francisco Bay area uh, mm-hmm. house. So, <laughs> Um, what about you, Alex? What uh, what kind of things are you looking forward to in 2024 or, or hoping people pay attention okay. to trends? Well, one thing you were talking about was um, you had your three fan large shrouded 7600 XT right there. And I think that's a ridiculously ugly GPU. I mean, like com- um, com- compare but, it to the, the 4070 Super, right? I know, <laughs> like, which is so much oh, more, which is yeah. such a better GPU. Does, does, um, it's so thinner. It's I would want to hold this up. Yeah. I just want to hold this up. I have one too. And I, w- I would hold up another RTX GPU, but there is actually an MSI. Uh, I posted about it on Twitter. There's an MSI RTX um Forget which oh, which class of card it is. Might have been a forty eighty super. It was one of the ones they showed off at CES, uh, and it's actually taking hints from the Founders Edition in terms of styling. Oh, single it's fan, a, like, like like kind of uh, metal, and it has like the little notches metal, in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love heat that sink. One. It, lo- it looks super beautiful. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think a return to less, just a little bit more subdued aesthetics would be nice uh, as an and as a choice. And it would also set like a precedent, I think, in terms of I don't know what they're going to price it as. I actually hope it's not too expensive. Uh, the thing was, the thing was comfy. pretty heavy though. Ooh. Oh <laughs> no! I, picked it up, well, I, I was, I was like, not. I was like, oh boy, this is uh, this is yeah. A, a heavy, well, never heavy. mind. I was hoping. <laughs> that there would be a return to simple aesthetics and simple uh manufacturing that isn't just like a lot of plastic um on everything and a lot of leds i was hoping for that but maybe that's just a foregone conclusion for me um uh and the other thing is i'm hoping for in general that people this year when pc versions of games come out that there's like 
uh, a bit more understanding at first and not so much overreacting um, <laughs> just because I cover games oh, and software oh, uh, more than hardware. That's, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's, that's so uh, innocent of you to think that the internet can, <laughs> can change like that. I can't well, wait for PuddleGate 2024. It's, uh, the yeah, puddles right. are 30% less shiny here. and. <laughs> I would like, like on both sides of the spectrum, like I would, I would really like if games came out more polished, but at the same time, I also hope that users would not flip out so often. That's, that was my hope for the trend there. I, I like it. I like it. All jokes aside. Yes. I, I wish people would, uh, even in the hardware space, this isn't just a gaming thing. <laughs> Maybe just less freaking out in general would be a lovely trend. Yeah. Like as a, as a, as a, as a, as a nation, as a world, as a people, we could freak out a little bit less and probably be better off. Well, uh, friends of the show, Liquid R and Rev Shashan do say the Outrage Pony must ride. Uh, so yeah, you can't <laughs> so deny the Outrage have, Pony. Uh, we have agents of chaos in our chat. Got yeah. it. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you, I blame Gordon for this. Yeah. You, you don't want to, I mean, come on, you don't want to deny the Outrage Pony a chance to, to ride. Uh, so that would be rude. <laughs> um, okay. Elena, what, what, uh, what, are, what are some of your hopes and, and dreams I love, of 2020? I love how when I pitch this idea i'm thinking like stark reality what do we think is gonna oh, we'll happen get there. No, no, and we'll, you we'll, turned it no, into no, no, something I, hopeful and beautiful i, I wanted to start with the hopeful <laughs> and then we'll get into the reality yeah, yeah. Oh, okay that's good i'm glad you qualified that because i was about to like just dump <laughs> a heap of reality on this um i would say for my hope uh i would love to see a return to kind of the pre-pandemic um the companies like trying to impress us with like being on the forefront of just everything. I think that the pandemic honestly contributed to a lot of what we've seen in the past year or so where like it, just even going back to like the PC port issues, I, I would suspect, I mean, I, obviously it's always been historically troublesome, but I would suspect given the rest of the industry and everything else we've seen so far, a lot of it just had to do with the fact that like everybody was working from home. They didn't like, it was everyone was under a lot of stress it was just a wild time for everybody. So I'm hoping that this year is the first year where we start to see like, okay, we're, we're starting to get back to what we used to think of as normal. And that's going to be much more exciting for us, uh, especially those of us who are on the sidelines looking at hardware um, and hoping to see like, oh, well, you did that? Like you put that many cores in that or you managed to, you know, increase clock speeds, you know, with while reducing, you know, this or that. That's really cool. Um, Wait, I'm not supposed to be negative yet. Okay, that's that's my hope. So we'll stop right there. <laughs> and, and anything, anything with uh, with cases, anything that you're you're hoping? Uh, oh, yeah. I, you know, prompt. yeah. Well, I, I haven't. I mean, we haven't talked too much about the the CES stuff and the. I mean, the rear, the the backside connector stuff is obviously here to that's stay, cool. uh, yeah. and it's definitely going to be a you know part of the future going forward. I've seen a lot of negativity, but I also feel like maybe you might be more hopeful on that. No. Me? Yeah. Are you looking for Are you looking for somebody to <laughs> to actually be with you on this point? Um, I would say that I'm neutral. I oh, okay. I like the idea of it, but I feel like it's still so new. I kind of want to see how that shapes uh, the approach going forward. Like, is it going to have a bumpy start? Is it going to dramatically shift the attention? Is it going to improve? You know, just annoyances that we've seen earlier. And I think I'm kind of like in a wait and see mode with it because I, I like the idea of it. Um, but I don't know. Maybe this is just 
a random quirk, but I don't mind cables. I what I hate are the ones that you can't get to route cleanly so that it doesn't look wild and crazy. I, I kind of like maybe I don't know, I call it analog kind of vibe to having some wires in there. I I mean that's those are our roots. So I, I don't know. It's kind of random and mm-hmm. weird and very illogical, but that's kind of my vibe on it. Um it just seems a little sterile when I when I look at the the completely like no cable kind of look. You, you, you got to do a full custom water cooling loop in there then, so that a your computer is impossible to swap hardware <laughs> in and out of. Uh, but b yeah. it's going to look really cool in there. So I've always yeah. been jealous of people who have water loops because I've never been able to do that. <laughs> yeah. So my my case thing, honestly, Adams what I'm hoping to see are more um, small form factor micro ATX cases. I think that's Mm -hmm. a fun combination. Yeah. Micro ATX uh, is, is a nice in between point. I do like it. Um, Affordable. Yeah. And I'll piggyback up for the the hopes part of it. I'll piggyback off. Will like, I mean, efficiency, power efficiency is definitely like, I uh, like, I feel like the past five years or whatever is just like, hey, how much can you throw at it? More power, more power, needs more power, you know, and, and Gordon's loving it for sure. Uh, I mean, I, and I like some of these these performance gains too, but yeah, the efficiency, like I would love to, to I know that's not going to happen, but I would love the next GPUs and CPUs to be like, hey, you know what? Actually, they perform about the same, but they're like 80% oh, yeah. more efficient. You know, like I don't, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, it's not going to happen, but like that, I, I'd be okay with being like, "Hey, you know what? All these GPUs and CPUs perform pretty damn well across the board. Let's just take a moment and appreciate it, and then cut power." <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, that's just me. That's what I've always hoped for with smartphones, but it doesn't usually happen, yeah. right? Yeah, no, that that was the thing too. Is that, like you would think like, oh, hey, we've got these huge ass batteries and like power efficiency. They always talk about these chips being more efficient, but then yeah, it's just still I have to plug it in oh. at the end of the day. Well, uh, just leave your screen on all the time. It turns out if you have an iPhone, you turn the screen <laughs> off. You set the screen to turn off when you're not using it. It's incredible battery life. It is a huge savings for for literally nothing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, and OLED's definitely made a made a difference. Well, oh, you know, going back to hopes, uh, Alex, you were talking earlier about OLEDs. I mean, oh, one yeah. of, at CES, almost every vendor we went to who had some sort of you know monitor offering was like, "Have you checked out our OLEDs?" Uh, like <laughs> everybody was talking about OLEDs, and I know. Uh, you guys have been talking a lot about it recently too. I think even during the CES stuff uh, about like black frame insertion, uh, you right. know, and like different technologies. Um, from one of the vendors, I don't think I, I'm 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 not going to name which vendor, but they they were talking about the difference between OLED and uh, LED, like mini LED, not the micro LED stuff, but you know, mm-hmm. they they gave me the the feeling that. Hey, while OLED is definitely the king right now and everyone is excited for it, you know, and like we're seeing big advancements that actually it's it's still advancing on a core technology that has flaws that mini mini right. LED continues to change and advance, you know, at at its core level and that 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 will over mini LED will still be, you know, a bigger deal in, you know, two, three, four, five years from now that OLED is like the flash in the pan cool thing right now. Uh, but I don't know. That's, Any insight into that? What, what do you think? I, I mean, I think that is maybe reasonable uh, just because there's going to be uh, brightness limitations 
with OLED. And I think um, with like as it goes into the really small backlights and things like that, um, you're going to be able to push brightness and then localize it much better probably than you could on most OLEDs. And um, one thing I, I think also, I use an OLED for my desktop. I do not know what type of monitors everyone uses. I use a actually <clears throat> a television, <laughs> but it's just very big. I have a very large wow. desk. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, but um, the one of the things is all these OLEDs actually have less than advantageous um, sub-pixel uh, patterns in them. So they're not as good for Windows, actually. <clears throat> as most LEDs or LCDs televisions are or monitors. So I think they actually are limited over time uh, nth degree term. But I think in the next two, three years, I still think we'll see a lot of really awesome OLED stuff. But then maybe it's going to go away. Maybe a, a friend of the show, Coffee, <laughs> mentioned like is OLED the, the, new, the next plasma, right? Everyone was super hot into plasma and it was the cool new thing for a, a while. And then it was like, eh, you know what? <laughs> Adam, I, I still have a plasma in my living room. Don't really? Tell They're awesome. Oh, though. wow. Yeah. Actually, That's didn't so Brad have, uh, sorry, Brad Shoemaker have plasma too? Wasn't that? Co- co-host of the tech pod. We had, we yeah. bought, we bought TVs at a similar time. I, my wife won't, we, I, we brought an OLED in and she looked at it and she's like, I want the other one back. And we pulled it out of the garage and we sent the OLED back. And I was <laughs> like, really? Wow. You know, I, yeah. I we have a dark room and it works. So like, I get it. It's, it, it makes sense, but it makes me a little sad. Well, just, and also I, something. I HDR. Something you're more used to, like even though like like last time I upgraded my TV, like even though I I knew it was a better TV in every aspect, your eyes still get used to what you've been using. So yeah, I can't, I can't it's, hate it's on a, that. It's another space heater in the house, also, yeah. which is which is good. Oh, right. We live down by the coast; it's cold. You know Whatever. what? I mean? that, that was something weird. I did see on a lot of the OLEDs is that they're they're getting thick backsides. Uh, you know, like, really? the, the, yeah, like the, yeah. the actual back, I was surprised. Like a lot of them, I would look on the back and it it, it would have like a good chunk and like cooling fans and I, stuff I, like that. And I was like, whoa, what? I think that's a new feature to actually boost their brightness because they had an issue, um, I believe, based upon like a heatsink thing with like full screen brightness. Like if you had like half the screen being white, the other side would dim, the whole thing would dim. Mm. Um, yeah. And I think that was the thing to counteract the bright, one of the brightness issues was actually a heat issue. If I recall, I think um, if you've ever watched, my goodness, my my brain is blanking. It's one of the big um, TV channels on YouTube. I'm Vincent, what's his name? Oh. Sorry, I, I don't. I'm um, sorry. My, my brain is <laughs> no. my brain is totally off. No it's getting I, late. I, I hate names. Uh, yeah. He talked about this before, and it was fascinating. But OLED also had like a brightness uniformity issue for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To this. Okay, it, it, yeah. Anyway, we don't need to go into this, but it's I, I'm I'm interested in OLED for monitors. I have a 1080p 60 a 360 uh, LCD on my desk for, for you, that I use, use my primary monitor primary primary monitor for games, and I would love to get something that's comparable that looks better than the 1080p 360 hertz <laughs> uh, LCD. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but the the chat says HD TV test with Vincent Teo. Thank you, so, <laughs> thank, thank you. <laughs> See, that's the one nice thing about doing it live. The chat'll uh, the chat'll correct you. Yeah, live <laughs> I don't have to embarrass myself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. So now, I mean, any more like hopeful pie in the sky hopes and dreams for 
2024 in the PC industry? I, you know what I would love to see on every motherboard ship, high to low, top to bottom, is a, hey, this is the setting. This is going to be pretty good and be real stable for almost everyone. Hmm. Like, right. like, like, hey, here's the, the, like, like, just give me an idiot button, please. That's all I ask. <laughs> Run the memory at the XMS speed. You know, it, here's, here's, that's, it's a simple request. JJ, if you're listening, you know, get, get them on it over there. It's all, all I want. <laughs> you, you just want the, hey, uh, I don't want the bigger bar better. I want stability. I, I would like to be bigger bar close to the best, but but real stable is much, much better. Actually, you know what? That would be funny. In the, the easy mode on a BIOS, there's just like overclock and then stability. You're like, no, nope, hit stability. <laughs> well, because the easy mode is usually the JDEC speed, right? So you're, so you're getting yeah. like 5133 or something on DDR5 that you probably paid a boatload of money to get way faster RAM. And, and then... Like the number of times I search what does and then the line in the BIOS that tells that, that some obscure feature 99% of people who use that BIOS has never heard of. And and I know I get that it matters to people who are doing extreme overclocking, but you know, they're selling these are mass market boards. It's not like it's not like we're talking about eight hundred dollar motherboards uh that that, right. that five thousand people buy. We're talking, you know, when you're in that mass market, please build the BIOSes for the mass market. I guess maybe maybe that's the right way to phrase this. That's that's mm. the thing. Is, is this negative or positive? I don't even know anymore. I can't tell. <laughs> well, point, uh, I, I will say uh, I, on a recent meeting with JJ from Asus, uh, he was talking about like motherboard, you know, features in there. And, you know, part of it is like, oh, my God, there's so much stuff in there. It's hard to navigate in. But there was one interesting feature called a uh, dim flex. Uh, which you set the, a temperature or stability target and it dynamically uh, tunes the frequency like without having a reboot or anything like so it, it like has... a gpu like a modern gpu almost. yeah 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 which so is better, yeah it's, it's, it's called yeah. dim flex i don't know i don't remember exactly which boards it's in but i was like oh okay well that's that's kind of an interesting little feature but also it's one of those things where it's it's a feature that is buried you know in a, a million what, menus what, um, what, what's the scale what's the number on uh, attached to stability is it like zero to 100 percent like 100 uh, percent of calculations or zero percent of calculations or is it he 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 did say uh i do, there's and there's also an optimism scale to say okay. hey you know what like actually i i want to I, I see what you're saying but i also want it a little bit more stable or i want to run it Got a it. little more close to the edge wow. so it, it it looks like a cool feature for sure i haven't messed around with it but yeah um yeah Anyway, features. Wow. Motherboard. Yeah. Motherboards have a lot of features. <laughs> Wait, if, we're doing pie, if we're doing pie in the sky stuff, can I just put, like, recycle and push forward what I've said, like, for years now, which is, can we please standardize front panel pins on motherboards? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> can we please? It's, it's the just perfect finally. time to do it, right? Like, if we're going to move everything to the back of the board, just, just standardize it when you do then. You're yes. done. Yeah everyone's so caught up in like let's not show any wires <laughs> can we just make life a little easier like solve and like a decades old problem at this point i just, I just yeah I, I don't get it because uh, yeah some what is it some some case manufacturers have like a, a nice little easy thing to pop on or no is that the the motherboard manufacturer yeah so sometimes there's a, yeah. a nice little like but yeah why can't yeah. yeah, yeah. It comes in the in the box with the motherboard usually. Like, imagine if every case just had that kind of like adapter kind of thing built in, so you d you don't have the the individual yeah. loose cables, right? It needs to come from the case manufacturers, right? 
Like, I think that's where it starts because the, the, the header on the motherboard is always the same. But the case manufacturers, it depends on how many of those those headers are getting used. But what if you just always terminated it in the same plastic end? You just, whatever mm-hmm. wires or, you know, whatever pinout you're running to it. Well, so for example, adapts. like they had this for monitors for the longest period of time. 15 pin VGA was this. It could do a bunch of things with that 15 pin. It didn't need to do them. Uh, DVI was technically the same. Like, yeah. it is actually really weird that this didn't happen for the internals. I have no idea why it didn't. Yeah, yeah, whatever. That, weird. That, that is a good hope. Uh, all right, now let's let's get into Elena's favorite part of it is the stark <laughs> reality, the stark truth of 2024. What do what do we think is actually going to happen in 2024? Elena, you seem to be really excited to. Uh, dig into excited this, so. is not the word yeah. for it. Um, so what, disappointed. What, yeah. What what, what are your thoughts? What what are you bad? Yeah, you're you're looking at your crystal ball and you're like, oh man, 2024. This doesn't look good. Uh, it seems like we're not going to be enjoying a golden era of building this year. I was hoping for it, but it seems like as like GPU prices uh, are improving, at least in like what we used to call the middle tier, right? Um, other parts are going up. So Mark Hockman, our colleague Mark Hockman, wrote a story about how analysts think that uh, I think it was RAM and SSD prices will be going up this year, which is a bummer because was it like last year, like up until about mid last year, you could get SSDs for like ridiculously good prices. And I was hoping that was going to continue because Gordon, Gordon is, has his heart set on getting like a four terabyte drive for like, I don't know, 125 bucks. That'd be nice. <laughs> I thought maybe this would be the year. I could finally go back to him and say, please stop asking me. Here it is. Just go buy it. <laughs> I did feel like I saw a lot of people around Black Friday be like, hey, you know what? This is probably the last kind of deals you're going to find for storage. Like, And there were some pretty damn good deals, so you should probably stock up now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get those two terabyte SSDs while you can. Yeah. Oh. Okay. That's, well, that's, my, that's my contribution to the bummer side of things. All right. Will, Will, what do you think we're actually going to see in 2024? The harsh Adam, reality. I'm real worried about Intel's fifteenth. What their move to the to the chiplet architecture on the desktop? That's that's, that's real scary to me. Yeah, I, I I mean I saw how with with AMD they've paved the way on the software side, presumably. Um, but but it is a that is a scary giant transition for a company that has traditionally relied on process improvements to show real performance gains and and right. fingers crossed. I guess. Mm. Yeah. Well, you you would hope that Meteor Lake, you know, uh, that they're going to get through some teething pains on the laptop side. That maybe by by the time the desktop, the disaggregated architecture comes to desktop, that like, oh hey, you know what? We figured it out on Meteor Lake. We we went through the teething pains on Meteor Lake. The next one, yeah, much better. (laughs) It's it's a. I just mobile and desktop are so different these days in terms of tdp and like the power the power it's going in the power it's coming out it's it's good like there's a reason they ship mobile first i get it i'm 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 very interested to see what nightmares await for the people who sign up on day one to buy those machines and drop 5090s or, or 4080 ti super duper editions or 40 4090 ti super duper editions whatever yeah um, I, I do yeah. wonder if because this is going to be such a huge change for them that actually people will look back and be like, 
oh, you know what, 14th gen? We should stock up on 14th gen because those those were stable, those were reliable. Sure, they weren't like exciting, but guess what? Those were the last time Intel was like really stable for the we're, next while. We're gonna be really like when we're when we're sitting here next year, we're like, man, I really those 14th gen 14900 so stable and only only 145 watts. It's gonna be it's a dark. That's the darkest timeline. Oh, we'll God. see. You're right. I I, I don't yeah. know. I, I I also think. It's gonna. It, it really gonna come down to configurations, right? How many? How many different kind of tiles? How many different? How many different variations on the tile formats are they gonna have? Like, you know, yeah. Right. Because I mean, right now it's like the sky's the limit. On mobile, they're a little bit more restricted, and you know, they're aiming at something specific. But like, you know, on on a on a because they're and they're they're moving to a new. Uh, um, it's. What's the pin layout? A eighteen something. So uh, the the socket's going to get a little bit bigger, I think, uh, or the the pin density. The the darkest timeline is that they need to use all five numbers to differentiate the product line. So it's the fourteen nine twenty three and the fourteen nine twenty five and the fourteen nine seventeen. Don't because put that in you, the like world. you said, they can infinite infinite variability in the chiplets. Why not? Yeah. Oh no! Please don't. Yeah. Please don't even put that as yeah. a possibility for the universe to consider. Yeah. I'm sorry, Elena. Uh, thank, thank <laughs> you, Ruru. So to 1851. So uh, LG yeah. 1851. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. But, but, yeah. I, hmm. But I also, I mean, it will be an interesting time with an NPU on desktop. Oh, AMD now has you know an eight uh, or will have an NPU on the desktop. Uh, they they were first technically. Yes, uh, but also the idea around the NPU right now is like about power efficiency, not really about you know pure calculation. Doing with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm like on the desktop. A lot of the meetings I had at CES, I was like, oh hey, by the way, what's how do you envision the NPU on the desktop? Because it's not really about power efficiency there. Uh, I actually, you know what, I do have. Uh, let's see, I can I can bring this up live. Uh, I did ask that recently. Cool. Of uh, of AMD because uh, I was following up on um, on some information from CES and I did ask specifically. Oh man, I can't find it. Crap. Okay, well I don't. Know. Oh no, I do. Uh, so yeah, dedicated. Oh, efficiency. The NPU can run AI workloads faster and significantly less power. On the laptop, that can translate to better battery life. On desktop, where power is less of a concern, it still allows viewers to free up CPU, GPU resources when multitasking. It can also prevent CPU, GPU from having to ramp up with the accompanying fan noise that may be associated. So, I, you know, I, I do think there are some benefits uh, to be had, but not, not the same. I, I'm curious to see what the benefits are. Yeah, I, they need. They really need actually a use case to show to the user for it. I think on a desktop space, uh, like you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Alex, cold hard truth, 2024. Uh, mine's not going to be anything about hardware. It's going to be very cold software truth about how some of your favorite developers may close. Mm. Some of your favorite game developers will mm. stop existing this year. And Aww. some people are going to be, a lot of people are going to be laid off this year, unfortunately. It's the, the trend in the industry that there was a ridiculous period of expansion that occurred and perhaps over budgeting um, on the, the executive side of things. Uh, we already saw it with Unity and Epic. And um, it's probably going to go to other places this year, too. 
including places that look like they're, they should be being successful and you'll be surprised. So that's really unfortunate. Do you, do you think that's also going to translate into worse ports as well? Oh, oh gosh, I hope not. <laughs> okay. I don't want to. Be, I already have. I mean, if, I already if have you're talking about less people, you know, like if you have I if mean, you have yeah. less people working on the thing, right? Like it's a finite resources oh, yeah. over developers. Yeah. So maybe, maybe at that point. Well, that could be a thing. I, I was actually hoping this year that uh, I said on DF Direct um, that I think it's going to be a better year because there was just like you said, uh, uh, we're COVID is behind us a good deal now. We are out of that cross gen. Uh, whatever issue that was there for so long. And I thought it would be a good one, but if actually budgets are impacting ports more so than other factors, then like you're saying, Adam, maybe it's going to be an even worse year for these (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, And yeah, honestly, I, I, I think people, my, my cold hard truth is that, that I feel like, yeah, uh, we're, we're going to see more, more power, more bigger, bar better uh, chasing. Uh, mm. But yeah, whatever, whatever comes out is, uh, is, is going to be, you know, continuing that, that trend of drag racing rather than, uh, than efficiency. But I think, so I think funny Alex, you say that though, because uh, that mm. would not be a bad thing in Gordon's book. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. Gordon's I, sitting I, here like, hell yeah, give me more power, baby. If it's if it's a half a percent better, that's better. I bigger bar better. <laughs> yes. I, I really do need to make that shirt. I think that would become it's, our best selling shirt. shirt. Big bigger bar better. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think Alex wins the biggest bummer award here. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like <laughs> actual people yeah. getting laid off. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. Uh, it's a heck geez. of a thing to win. Yeah, you just uh you, you heard it here first. Alex says mass layoffs everywhere. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Uh, other other trends. Uh, anything software related? Uh, somebody in the chat, Chris, uh, friend of the show, Chris asked, uh, "Do you think Windows 12 will come out this year? Do you think we'll we'll oh, wow. see a trend in Windows, the even number Windows being the better one?" I'm I'm old enough to remember when Microsoft told me that Windows 10 was going to be the last Windows ever. So. Uh, I don't. I have. I don't make predictions on the Windows side anymore, Adam. I'm, I've retired from that game. Yes, probably is the answer. I mean, with the AI push, I think it's probable. I don't know how likely it is, and I don't know if what were they saying? Were they saying like summer is when they thought it might come out? I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, but I do think something major is coming down the pipeline for Windows, just because I. I I don't think just adding AI to Windows 11 is going to be splashy enough for what they want to do with it. Do people oh. want AI in Windows 11? I, it's the first thing I turn off no. when I install Windows 11. What <laughs> is a really strong word. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just go back to paying for Windows, please? I'd, I'd happily give them 200 bucks if they stop bothering me. I'd agree. I mean, I would love to actually return to uh, discrete licenses instead of uh, Office 365. Uh, I had a conversation with someone about this the other day where uh, you, you, the way you pay for it and the features you're getting back, like the Windows experience right now, I would rather actually have it be very disconnected from the internet, very disconnected from the ad world if I paid more for it. I would actually like that as an option as a user. Uh, as So another pricing tier. I would maybe even pay for more for Windows if it was like a dedicated offline Windows almost. Um, yeah. Hmm. 
Sorry, Alex. <laughs> oh, I know yeah. it's, okay, it's here, gone. Yeah. It's gone. <laughs> here we go. Instead of Windows 12, what if it's Windows One, like spelled out O N E, like like the Xbox One, right? <laughs> that, hey, was, that was Windows. Windows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh. We had the Xbox One. Now we have Windows One. We're going back to One. <laughs> it's the one place you can do everything. Offline. Oh no! Yeah, that sounds uh, too plausible. Please yeah. don't. <laughs> no, Windows One, you. and then there'll be a Windows One S and a Windows One X. Uh, oh, yeah, oh, that's the the Pro license. <laughs> uh, oh, no, thank oh, you. W- Windows Three Sixty, or I'm Windows Three Sixty Five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Street uh, Street Trout says yes. The 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 only one you need. Windows One is the only one you need. Uh, oh, that would be bad. And then the sequel is called Windows 360 for no apparent reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then it just red rings. Yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> it just doesn't even turn out. Yeah. Any, anyway, uh, okay. Any any more any more trends we want to talk about, good or bad or indifferent? I mean, I am indifferent to the AI stuff for now. I I'm. <laughs> I'm I don't think you're alone. Co- <laughs> I think yeah. I hope it actually bears fruit because I think there could be some cool things that come from it. But man, it's just feeling like what, what did we say in chat at one point where it's like they just copy pasted or copy replaced, um, sorry, fine replace blockchain meta now uh, metaverse <laughs> and now AI. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, th- there's just to be clear, there's really neat work and and impactful work happening in AI and things like 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 fact checking for radiologists right like doing initial screening mm. for radiologists that are looking for tumors and stuff like that that is impactful and is saving lives and is good and is worth the carbon we're spending training those models i think that hey i can write a song in the style of taylor swift with chat gpt probably doesn't fit that bill at least by my standards i don't know agree right. hard agree hey alex yeah. uh what what's uh, <clears throat> uh digital foundries um uh, AI uh, <laughs> movement, or yeah, what's what's, uh, what's your AI goals for this year? AI. Um, well, I would like to see uh, DLSS Ray reconstruction get some more iteration on it. it no, no, no. I mean, yeah, Digital Foundry is oh, a sorry. company. Yeah, yeah. Well, how how are you integrating <laughs> AI in your your workloads? You know, are you going to make more so, videos? Uh, is it going to edit the videos uh, for you? No, no, but behind the scenes, no. No, (laughs) Um, no. behind the scenes, Rich Rich just literally, uh, sorry if I'm saying something that's semi-private here, but there was a posted version of Rich saying something, but it was an AI saying it, and it it was trained, and it was very interesting to say the least. Um, It will have zero bearing on our work, but we did look at this, and it was very funny. Um, uh, but no, we won't use AI. The only thing, honestly, there's only one thing I can imagine is using AI for AI models. And that is image quality analysis, um, where right now it's a purely subjective thing where we say, this is clearer. There's an entirely large suite of things I've done where I compare DLSS to XCSS to FSR2, et cetera. If there was an AI application there in terms of actually finding issues instead of going through a game in a manual way or, uh, coming up with some sort of index. Uh, a numbered index or value that would say things about image quality, I would actually like that. Um, but it's since it's such a labor-intensive, subjective process. I was, I was going to say you can't do you, you can't have a corpus of data big enough that's tagged to like train your own thing on, right? I mean, maybe we you don't do this for a long time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I, I have something in my throat, but we don't. But uh, companies like uh, Nvidia do. 
Okay. Um, and th that's how they can make DLSS in the first place. And I think if similar principles were brought over to image quality analysis, um, it could lead to really cool videos from us. Yeah, but yeah. we would have to talk with people about that first. I'm not an AI expert. What if you train your own AI algorithm and it's DFSS, digital from <laughs> super sampling? There we go. Yeah. Um, and you get a developer get to put it in. <laughs> no, no yeah. you license that out as hard as yeah. works. That's a, you know, also, get the, yeah. get that driver yeah. cheddar. Yeah, also, we, yeah, we, you, we, you, need to, you need to have all the people on staff train their voices uh, so that you can automatically, mm -hmm. in a video edit, inject. So for my optimized settings, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, just some of the things you say in every or, video, each AI can inject it in there. Uh, you don't have, and you don't have to say that. Like, the event of my unlikely demise, untimely <laughs> yeah. demise. Alex lives on. Yeah. He lives on. He look, right? never sleeps. The AI version of Alex never gets a frog in his throat. It's all I'm saying. Also, somebody in the chat, oh, Liquid R, friend of the show, Liquid R, in the chat mentions, I'm looking at your name right now on, on Zoom, and it says AIEX, I think is what it says. Oh. So AIX. Yeah. <laughs> It's already true. here. How do you know? How do you know if this is the real Alex? Uh, yeah, it's like Metal Gear Solid at this point. Yeah, right. Lolly, lose, lolly, low. All right, uh, let's get over to some questions so we can get the hell out of here. Uh, we're, uh, we're getting we're getting tired and hungry. Um, if you have any questions, get them in uh, to the chat right now and at PC World, so it's easier for me to see it. Uh, if you are on Discord or you should be on our Discord, hit the, the link in the description to uh, put in a question in our questions and answers channel. And hopefully I will get to them live on the show. The uh, first question is a $5 super chat from friend of the show, Denever1G1, says, thoughts on new QDEL tech? Technically more self-emissive than OLED and apparently cheaper to manufacture than similar to L uh, LCD. Yeah, lots of acronyms. Any any thoughts on the technology? I don't know. Me? I don't know much about to say. Yeah, I don't Q, know that. Q D E L. I was looking Q -D -E -L. it up. Q D E L. I have to look this up. The fact that oh, I have to look dots. it up though says that I'm not informed about it. Same. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's quantum dot technology. It sounds like. Oh, this is this this is the auto emiss of quantum dots that somebody announced at CES this year. Um, you guys were actually there working on the floor, so you didn't you didn't catch all the all the good stuff that came out. Um, it, it see it it the benefit is it can be manufactured on existing lines using existing technology. It uh, current quantum dots work by agitating quantum dots that are like a layer in front of an LCD, so the light comes through the the filtering layer mm -hmm. and then agitates the quantum dot. This somebody's come up with a way to self illuminate uh, quantum dots. I, it's the kind of thing that I don't. Uh, yeah, uh, Boria Zero in chat says it's QDEL from Sharp. Um, I, I, I'm always skeptical anytime somebody says, "Hey, we have a revolutionary new uh, display technology." Like when MicroLED was announced uh, ten years ago, and we saw demos right. on the show floor at CES, and like, like they haven't shipped for at real prices for real people, or even real prices for like enthusiast high end people uh, yet. So. It'll be a while, mm. would be my bet. Yeah, somebody cool. in chat is saying that it looks a little gray, or sorry, the blacks look a little gray, and I, I'm kind of eyeballing it right now. And yeah, it looks a little soft to me too. And so my thing about OLED, the reason why I like it so much uh, is because you get true blacks. And uh, until a technology replicates that, it's going to be really hard for me to give it up, even with all of its, you know, I wouldn't say issues, but quirks, let's just say. 
Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, uh, Street Trout asks, uh, is SLI even still a viable option this gen? I, is there an SLI connector on? I don't GPU? think they do no, SLI on anything now. No, but there. I, I know DaVinci Resolve actually does take advantage of multi GPU setups. Um, I, I, the the fine folks over at uh, Puget Bench always do some testing with multi GPU, and it's like, oh, okay, you know, if you want to stick two forty nineties in there, you can see a benefit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, the, and I'm sure the, AI workloads and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for gaming. No, the, the dirty secret was that SLI was never like it, <laughs> buying one card and then a, two years later buying a second card that was the same as the slow card was almost always worse than just buying a new fast card at that two year time period. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Well, was it ever viable? You... Like in, in 1998 with the Voodoo 2, it was great because you got double the double the raster performance back when it really mattered. Since then, no, it hasn't mattered. I, don't, I mean, I don't I don't think so. Nah, I, I mean, I'm like 90% right with you, Will. There was only like a handful of exceptions. And even then, the, there were a lot of caveats that were just not talked about. Like, yeah. Micro Stutter was one that like no one got their head around because everyone was looking at like bar charts all the time. Average FPS bar charts are the most important thing. It's not about user experience. And I think uh, there was only a few SLI setups, including the ones in the 90s from the Voodoo line, that actually were micro stutter free. Most of them, especially like the ATI stuff, it was just stuttery as heck. Yeah, or so or, or you'd awful. have or you'd have refresh. Like I had a Crossfire X card one time that was two two GPUs on one card, and that thing mm-hmm. you'd see you'd see a split down the middle where 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 it went up and down depending on which half of the frame was being rendered. And it was just a <laughs> it was a mess. <laughs> oh, love it. Monolithic uh, GPUs forever, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, probably I don't know. Uh, friend of the show Ivan <laughs> Romanazov uh, asked, uh, "What gen to gen? We're talking about GPUs here. What gen to gen increase would make you happy? Twenty percent every gen? A hundred percent? Like what? What do you what do you feel like if they kept the naming the same? You know, forty sixty to fifty sixty. You know that kind of thing. Like what? What kind of oh, gen wow. on gen in- increase would make you happy? I feel like that's a lawyer type answer, like the lawyer answer has to be involved here because it's like, (laughs) well, how long am I going between generations, first of all, right? Like if they come out with a new card every two years versus every five years, my expectations are going to be very different. Mm. Also increase in what? In DLSS performance, in in ray tracing or ray reconstruction performance? If you you give me a 20% 20 increase in the 1%, slowest frames i'm probably pretty excited about that right like that's a that's a good measurable improvement but but it's always i like i always want more it's never fast enough what what if what if the more is dlss enabled yeah that's fine that's fine i mean if if it's if it's doing something different to get an approachably similar quality and it's somehow a metric that's 50%. I'm very happy with that. The one thing I would really like, though, is the equivalent of what we saw with um, the 8800 GT, GTX 970, uh, to a certain degree, the GTX 1060 and GTX 1080, where it, like, in comparison to the previous 60, it was almost like the 80 series in the 60. You know, or you know, yeah. something like that, or like it was like the previous high end, but now the seventy series. I really like that. I think I don't know what percentage that is, but if that happens, that's usually a pretty great thing in my mind. Hmm. 
Mr. Vip Vipitus asks uh, for for Alex specifically. Have you seen the Intel Extra SS supplemental material? Okay, so I, I talked about this on DF Direct recently. I looked it over, but I've been there's a lot of uh, l- real life stuff happening right now for me, so I've been slowing down on work a little bit, and I have not gone to looking through the supplemental materials yet in a mm. fine way where I can actually comment on it more greatly. Okay, uh, Fake Blood asks, uh, "This is a good question: Is direct storage still something to look forward to, or is it not going to matter that much?" I'll tell you the truth. I thought by this point there'd be way more direct storage games than there are on the PC right now. Because uh, I remember when Forspoken yeah, came wow. out, a lot of people were like, okay, is this direct storage? And like, hey, you know, more games will come. I'm sure more games will come. Um, where, where, <laughs> where are those games? <laughs> so, uh, Also, the direct wow. storage implementation, right, can be different depending on the game. So, I, like, yeah, what's the holdup? Where's direct storage? On the PC specifically. I actually have... I saw a great comment the other day on Beyond 3D, and I think it actually talks about it a little bit. I think direct storage's lunch was eaten by something else. Um, just like the interesting thing of like variable rate shading was another technology that Microsoft was like, variable rate shading, variable rate shading uh, for your GPU. And it's like, not a lot of games use it. It's not, mm. It doesn't have a great utility, actually. And I think direct storage is a similar thing where like the actual issue for most games loading is not... Uh, taking advantage of like SSD speeds and decompression. It is actually making sure the engine is feeding that data in a multi-threaded way to the SSD, which has almost nothing to do with direct storage at that point. Mm. And so I think that is the big deal. And it's why we can see things like PC games loading the same or even better than something like a PlayStation 5, even though they don't have direct storage. It's because engines have to be rewritten over time to take advantage of FSSDs regardless of direct storage. And I think its lunch was eaten a little bit by just hmm. better tech. That, that's that's what, I mean, we looked at it, we were like, oh, we should support direct storage with Anacrusis, which is admittedly small, not AAA game. Um, but by the time we just did the basic loading optimizations and the stuff that we needed to do to make hard drive-based PCs work, we were already at a, like, our, our load time was already less than the cutscene that played at the start of the game to hide load times. So it didn't matter. Right. Like, like our, our screens were so fast, we couldn't put tooltips on them because they, they <laughs> because you couldn't read them. Right. So it's like, and that Amazing. was, for, that was for free. So that was with doing no extra work and supporting no extra APIs. So it doesn't matter. It's a checkbox thing. Ah, oh, man. So it's dead on the vine then, huh? It just, but, well, I don't know if I'd call that dead. I'd call that supplanted by the state yeah. of the heart, right? Like that's yeah. a that's a good death. That's not a bad death. Yeah, true. It's not direct sound three D. I, I feel like that was like the you know oh hey wow this this technology that's awesome is is coming you know you want to make sure you have the right hardware and all that kind of stuff. I guess that's marketing, but yeah. So there, there I actually want to maybe a, in like a year do a like DX twelve or like a, do like a was this a bust was this good or is this a bust thing? Mm. And I'll like say like, was DirectX ray tracing good or a bust? Was, you know, this feature that was, everyone went crazy about and then it didn't even matter at all, you know? So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. A uh, couple more, uh, then we'll get out of here. Uh, Denver A1G1. I don't know if it's the same as in the chat over on Discord said, question for Alex. If we morphed SLI into one GPU rendering on one monitor, <laughs> So example, three monitors with three independent GPUs and no SLI bridge. Instead of splitting the GPUs to drive a single monitor, do you think that would would have or even could have 
on better than stutter Tearfest that AFR and SFR on classic SLA. I mean, so, that would be cool for that very specific use case. <laughs> uh, it could also be like a racing I think sim it actually set up VR games, VR games. It mm-hmm. might have uh, some applicability there. And I think that is like actually a cool case, but I think, um, no one's going to really support it. A friend of the show, Borizi Ras, uh, on a scale of zero, which is rasterization, to 10 being path tracing, where would you put uh, generic RT in terms of image quality? They've watched some uh, three-way comparisons and can help think that RT is not even halfway in terms of image quality. Yeah. But what, what do you think? Uh, I mean, yeah, like as, as soon as you start replacing what like direct and indirect lighting with stuff that's like done by path tracing, it starts looking ridiculously different than like the just like single effect ray tracing stuff. So I'd agree with them. It's like kind of like a four on a scale of 10 of just like simplicity, simplifying this stuff. Do you think that's, do you think that's, do you think it's different because like there's an effect when you, when video codecs change, right? Where your brain has filtered out like the MPEG two artifacts that you see on DVDs and you're, you get used to them and you don't see them anymore. <laughs> do you think that's just because we're used to the weirdness of raster lighting or you think it's because, Oh yeah. Like, like you, like, like you think, you think in two years when we have this conversation, you'll be like, Oh yeah, it looks, it looked better. Yeah. I go back and look at that old stuff. It looks better <laughs> than I remember. I think people have very biased eyes of what they're used to seeing. And I think I'm guilty of it myself at times. Um, but because uh, you, you can only look at the state of the art and say like, oh, okay, that's good enough. But I think for in regards to like rasterized lighting stuff, I think a lot of people don't realize how shiny the real world actually is. Like yeah. everything's a mirror, just a variable roughness to quote my colleague. And uh, like, so like I remember when Battlefield 5 came out, everyone was like, how can those cars be shiny? Yeah, they're this too takes reflective. Place in 1940. <laughs> this takes place in 1940. I'm like, do you know what metal looks like? I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> um, uh, everything was duller yeah, back but, then. It was the old days, you know? <laughs> yeah. Everything was black and white in 1940. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love, I love that stuff. But yeah, I think people have like biased sights and eyes and all these things. Yeah. Uh, all right, a, a couple more here. Uh, friend of the show, Liquid R. Really good question. I'm I'm curious here. This one for the DF retro comparisons, like what you just did with Max Payne Two. Do you have? A, do you do a complete build each time, uh, or do you have? Do you have a <laughs> ton of classic components laying around that you need to like hunt down for? Like, what's? How do you? How do you put together these rigs? There's two rigs. Uh, there's, oh, there's two ideas. Two. One of them. Well, no. So there's no. I have got. Oh, oh got, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, yeah. But uh, but the, there's two there's two ways. One is like a dedicated CPU um, to a time period, and I don't really flip, switch anything else other than the GPU and maybe the, the amount of memory. Uh, and then that's one thing I do. And another thing I do is like for anything that's like Pentium two up to Pentium three, like really early Pentium two, they're all using the same socket and you can just switch them in and out. And I actually use usually a plug and play. I wish I could show it to you right now, but I actually don't always host on an old school HDD, but I actually have an, an SSD that I pop in and out of the PC that loads up a different windows configuration. Um, so it's like Windows 98, 95, et cetera, Windows XP. It depends on the thing. And that's a way to do it. And yes, it is just having a lot of uh, the hardware usually to just make sure it's not everything's super accurate. Like sometimes for a video, I'll say like, 
I don't have something like a GeForce 256. That is a ridiculously expensive GPU to buy. I, I can't afford one. Really? So a GeForce 256 is surprisingly rare. It it is very rare. Huh. To like find. the like the SDR ones or the GD or does it matter? Uh, well, no, SDR is easier to find than DDR. Okay. Uh, just because it was cheaper, yeah, but I yeah. think DDR, G, which is the one I would want. I want the G. I would want the. You want DDR, the good one, yeah. GeForce. I want to want the good one, and I just, I, I can't hand out more than three hundred euros for an old GPU. Yeah. I'd feel bad. I will <laughs> my old crap bin in the garage, Alex. I'll send you one if I have one. I think <laughs> I might have one. No, 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 no. I will love it. Put put it in your lockbox right next to your CRT. <laughs> yeah, because uh, that thing that thing is going to be worth it's money. Only going to appreciate. Yeah. I look. <laughs> Gordon Gordon found an NV1 in the Max PC lab once and and what? yeah uh, unopened <laughs> NV1 unopened uh, wow. I, I feel like he gave it to Jensen at some point uh as as a, in, in exchange for something some yeah oh. I, unspoken favor we'll have to ask oh. him. <laughs> wow everyone yeah. never heard the story I'm going to have to text him yeah <laughs> <laughs> like when we um, told nvidia we found it in the lab they were really uncharacteristically excited so it was huh. that's yeah. so cool yeah. uh we'll follow up question on this uh what's your system to keep track of old components or is it just madness it's madness. Like okay. this, this stuff is awful. <laughs> I don't know if you can see it. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, I, somebody in Discord, remind me to take a photo of our big box of old GPUs. We we just have like a big box of literally just old GPUs just like stacked on each other. The, uh, that thing. That's is, actually yeah. more organized than the Max PC closet used to be. To be oh, honest. God. It was so bad. It was so bad. The the lab the lab at, at when we were on Oyster Point was. It was just at some point it was just like normal people can't come in here because they'll just they'll just be scared. It's too it's too much. Because um, we never like we never threw anything out. It was it was it was yeah. Oh, it's bad. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it was good, but it was also bad. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, Adam, you need to do a thing where you talk to people who work in this space and get them to show you their storage games because somebody has to have cracked this. But nobody, no. I, every time I've ever talked to somebody, they're like, "Oh yeah, I just have a shelf that's a nightmare somewhere in my in my office or my shop or or whatever." So, I mean, I'm I'm trying to keep our space organized. I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping up with it, but yeah, yeah, at least at least you know, yeah, at the PC world office <laughs> and the hardware but, that well, I'm looking over. <laughs> well, I don't think it's an organization issue. I think it's that we don't have time turners issue because if we had an extra hour after every build or project, we could just put oh, things away nicely. Well, but but the other thing is the thing that you need to keep versus the packaging that it comes in that makes it easy to stack on a shelf. Like you shouldn't like you don't keep you like I, I have the stupid forty ninety box over here that unfolds like four oh ways yeah yeah this and takes up huge, five yeah. times huge. as much space as anything just because it was such a spectacularly goofy box, but like the video card is a pretty normal size, but you can't like just put it in a bag and pile it up on a shelf and stack it and hope it's still going to work the next time you need it. So, Oh yeah, gosh, I, I'm not yeah. allowed to say I do that, but I might do that. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Steve from Gamers Nexus does have a nice shelf for GPUs. I don't know if you've seen in one of their B-roll shots. They have like, like I think custom made shelves where they just stack the GPUs yeah. like bare mm. on some sort of mm. like custom showing yeah i think it might be one of the things where if somebody is good with woodworking and wants to open a special etsy shop for all the (laughs) hardware reviewers then that could be a factor or maybe it's a it's a trip to a office supply store where you just use file folder 
things and you just yeah. start putting there them in go. like that. I, I need I need an intern. That's what I need to or just or come like in I and said, organize the space. Yeah. Yeah. But woodworking intern. It's yeah. the next next role hiring at PC World. <laughs> yeah. Uh all right. Last last question from friend of the show, Matt. Uh this one's for Alex. Or I guess anyone can answer this one. What do you think needs to happen for the community to regard upscaling and frame generation as accepted uh in terms of gaming graphics rather than just a gimmick or a crutch? What do you, what do you think? Just, wow. just time? Um, I think do you think it's just landmark, old people dying? <laughs> I think landmark titles tend to do it, like where there's like a conversion thing process because everyone gets so FOMO and hype about things that they need to try it. Uh, I think that's one thing, like a killer app for all these things. I think there's historical examples for that. But also I think in regards to fame generation, just trying it, uh, I think people who try it tend to be like, oh, this is great. I, I have yet to actually meet a person uh, that I've personally met, not one that's posting online uh, somewhere, <laughs> but someone who's just who happened to have an RTX 4000 GPU and they turned it on and they thought it was bad. I, I really, I personally never met someone like that. They think, I, I don't think it's bad. I just, it doesn't feel right to me. So I usually turn it off. Like the benefits uh, usually aren't like, it's just like, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just more like, Something about it doesn't feel right, and I'm like, eh, I'll figure this out. Without <clears throat> like, like, like it's something you're perceiving, or something that yeah, is in your I think head. It, you it's, think? No, I, I mean, I think part of it is the latency thing, right? Like seeing more frames without the actual latency improvement. I think is part of that, and I know a lot of people say like, oh, what the hell, you know? That's why they hate it as well. Like, I, I definitely feel it. It doesn't. Once again, it's not bad. It just, as of right now, like I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to turn on. I the the other end of it, which is a personal thing, is like, as a video person, oh, hell no, I don't want somebody to, to put extra frames in my video. Are you kidding? You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, so like, as a video person, I'm kind of, you know, against it, just theoretically. So, mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, but that's all I, I, I understand. I'm, I'm an outlier on that. Uh, no, I think and it's I not the same thing there. Where I feel like um, obviously your use case is, is going to be very dependent per person, but I think if the, you could just turn it on, like for example, what 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 refresh rates do you usually target actually, Adam? Very one twenty, yeah, one twenty, yeah. And you're trying to get up to one twenty. Uh, well, yeah, like I mean, trying, but, you're not going beyond it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, like like the the example was, I mean, the last time I did it was uh, with um, Alan Wake, you know, and I was like, oh, I've mm -hmm. I've got a forty eighty in here. You know, like, and I'm trying to at least get over a stable 60 and I'm like, okay, well, That's... frame gen gets me there, but it just, something about it just didn't feel right. And I was like, eh, I can I'll... get that. Yeah. So I, I ended yeah. up just like locking it to 40 and being like, oh, you know, For I, the I latency... like a good 40. Yeah. For the latency sensitive, like you, which I think there's a lot of people out there. I think then you should start using frame gen when it's, uh, when your output frame rate is at least 120 if you're a very latency sensitive person. Oh, interesting. Because so, then, oh, okay. then you don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you're like getting up to like 80 or 90 or so, you're going to feel it. You actually do feel it, especially oh, okay. on a mouse. You play with it's, mouse. I think most of us play with mouse. Except it, with it's like trying to upscale okay. from two few pixels, right? Yeah, yeah. It's You just start getting more of the mouse feel. It's, it's much more intense. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's funny. I, I never thought of it that way. Is Yeah, like I understood with the upscaling, oh, hey, the more information you have to work with, the better it's going to be. I, I hadn't put mm -hmm. that in into my head with um with the, yeah the frame it's, it's, if it has to hold a frame that is like a lot longer to make the new one, it's just gonna feel much worse on the mouse versus like 
I don't know, eight milliseconds or sixteen milliseconds holding a frame. It's, it's a oh, so. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we we have a a uh, somebody very special in the chat. Uh, Will Smith, the, the one Will Smith. Uh, hey. Yeah, uh, he, he's, in the, he's in the chat. He has a question for you, Alex. What's your take on motion smoothing on TVs? Because the Fresh Prince loves motion smoothing on TVs. Uh, I do not like motion smoothing on TVs. It's very oh different than God. for a game because a game is artistically usually designed around arbitrary refresh rates and frame rates. Uh, movies, and oh, I don't know. I don't like motion smoothing at all, actually, for TVs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, For okay. Then, that's good. Will's I was, I was just a little like worried wiped there. his brow. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, oh, no. oh, oh, yeah, because we had Jeff on last last week. I, Jeff, I, we don't. I don't want to. I, didn't want to, yeah. I was going to say his oh, name. I, I totally forgot. Oh yeah, J- Jeff from Craft Computing was like, oh yeah, I like it. I turned it on. I'm like, oh, no, and we were like, what the <laughs> that hell? Are you talk- that wasn't a joke. He was not joking. <laughs> that uh, was that was serious. Yeah, that was serious. Yeah, that was, yeah. See. I was just like, we're not going to talk about this, dude. Uh, we can't go there. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. That's more divisive than politics. Okay, well, but yeah. better, better question. If you go over to somebody's house and it's on, <laughs> do you turn it off for them? I have. Do, they, are, can, do I have an ex? Do, like, do they, do, do they see, are they in the room? Like, I wouldn't do it if they're in the room. <laughs> but, uh, but what if they walk back in there like, hey, did somebody mess with the TV? It looks different. Well, the power flickered for a second. It's probably nothing. It'll get. It'll be better in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard one. Uh, I I try not to. I also try not to be that person. Like I mean, I guess I don't go to GameStop anymore. But like at GameStop, and you know, like the where the person's saying something really bad, and then I interject and be like, "Well, actually, you know." So in my mind, it's kind of the same thing. I try not to and be like, "You know what? It's their TV. Mm-hmm. They can have it." <laughs> Look, we shouldn't yuck other people's yums except for on this one specific category of well, Here's the thing, though, Will. I feel like I think it's That's a fair great, thing Will. to say, though, because it's like how many people actually consciously chose it, right? Right. It's oh, yeah, I don't think so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right? So, yeah. That's but I think they point. would know yeah. the one time or the, the one or two times I've done it, they noticed it and they were like, hey, wait, something changed. Can you change it back? Like they didn't, you know, like, cause it's just different, right? It's not what they're used to. So, but they didn't, they didn't consciously turn it on, but they knew it was off they and they wanted to, to go it. back. I, it's fair. Yeah, However, yeah. I do think there's a middle ground to this, this is, which is, this is what I do outside of anybody who's like not my parents, because I just take care of things for them. I just ask, I just say, mm. Hey, mm. I noticed that you have motion smoothing on. Do you like that? <laughs> and then they say yes or no. And then from there, I help them or I just say they're my friend and they live a separate life from me. What if they say, <laughs> Elena, what is motion smoothing? I, I don't understand. How do you describe it? Do you say, Oh, yeah, it's this horrible piece of shit thing. You don't want it on. Yeah. Soap <laughs> opera effect. Yeah, okay. Soap opera yeah. effect. That's what it's called. It's a good way. Yeah. Oh, you have that on? Mm. Yeah. I don't say it like that. I remain neutral. Because <laughs> one day they may have to help me on something. I don't want them to remember me as the person who turned off, who messed up their TV. Yeah. Oh, that Elena, I can't have her over for popcorn yeah. anymore. Yeah, because, yeah. She, uh, she always messes with my TVs. It's very responsible. I don't have that level of self-restraint. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Speaking of self-restraint, we need to get out of here. Oh, uh, wait, wait, I have one what? thing, Adam. So no, I got to practice coffee. self-restraint. No, I'm kidding, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to work on violating other people's boundaries. <laughs> there we go. Okay. <laughs> An honorable. <laughs> um, friend of the show, Coffee, said something that I thought was hilarious, and I think needs to be highlighted, which is when you said earlier about bigger bar better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coffee said, "Well, that's the official motto of the show." And I think I never took Latin, 
So I'm going to mangle this, but I think they came up with a Latin equivalent of it where it's like bigger bar better. Maiora Talia Melius. <laughs> so I think that would make a hilarious shirt. I just want oh to put that God. out there. If, if anybody, <laughs> if please, if anybody who's watching or listening to the podcast knows Latin <laughs> and can give us a direct translation of bigger bar better. Uh, I, I think that might be it. So if you can confirm it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please confirm it. Uh, yeah, because that would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and I, yeah. And yeah, I'll, yeah we'll, and, and we'll get Gordon to get it tattooed on him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just it's kidding. just going to be I, a I can't bar? Con- it's going to yeah. be a bar with just the Latin only. No English yeah. translation. Yeah. And, and, yeah. No, you oh, need like man. a university crest with like the thing on the top oh. and like, that, like, a, like a coffee mug and a screwdriver and like a, a I don't know. Yeah. No, it makes We're, me think of like a locker room at a, a, a college football or something. It's got it over the door. And every time we go into the studio, we hit slap it or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Elkin please. Northwest in chat just gave us another one. <laughs> Translation, frame rate is life. Solaritas et vitae. Sorry, I, I took <laughs> no Latin. Oh, man. I, I'm not oh. sure if the Talia, I took Latin, but it's been 40 years, um, 30 years. The the Talia, I'm not sure about, but I'll, I'll look and I'll do I'll do some Thank reading you. offline and <sighs> get back to you next time I'm over. Oh my god, that's I really good. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's uh, hilarious. I love it. It turned out to be way less useful than German. Who knew? <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh, yeah. Speaking of way less useful, we need to get out of here because uh, we are not useful anymore. It is our time is up. Uh, uh, yeah, let me go to the thing, the notes. Yes. Check back next week for your fix of PC talk here on the full nerd to listen to us on the go. Subscribe to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, music, pocket Casts, anywhere you can point your RSS feed to. Hopefully we should be on there. And every, every time you do a, uh, a Latin translation gets, uh, dictated, uh, for us. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I want to thank the, the, the people who are joining me, uh, will, Thank you. And uh, where 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 can people find you? Where would you like me to point people to? Uh, you, people should find me at, at uh, techpod.content.town, the home of Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod, where every Sunday morning Great we show. break down a single topic and kind of dig into some some it, what, what we find interesting that week. Last week, we talked about weird first-person shooter controllers from the 90s. Like that was a, cool, man. But yeah, there's a That's glorious awesome. period of time when, like, Logitech and Microsoft and all these companies thought, man, if we crack how to play first-person shooters, we can patent this and sell these controllers to everybody till the end of time. And um, and really no episode. one did because we just we just use these. It's a mouse. It turns out it's pretty good. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, every week it's techpod.contact.town. That's where I am. Thanks, thanks for having me as always, Adam. I like it. And uh, thanks for Alex Batalia for showing up and spending well, graciously spending some time with us. Uh, always appreciated. Where where should people go find you on the internet? Uh, uh, well, I guess I'm on Twitter or as they call it these days X. The X. Um, I'm under my name. You can just probably search my name. I'll be there. And also uh, just look at DF's uh, Digital Foundry's YouTube channel. I post a video usually every week. And of course, we have our own um, kind of vidcast, I guess the phrase is. Uh, You need to go live. You need to. I don't know who you need to to talk to, but you need to do it live. Live, we could Life's do a live fun. special. We were originally okay. We were originally going to do our hundredth episode live Ooh. with a very special guest, but the very special guest had to cancel. Mm-hmm. It would have been incredible, but it was a big name, very big name. But so it goes. Will Smith. 
It was Will Smith. Yeah, it was Will Smith. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so exciting. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, thank you once again. I appreciate it. Uh, get some rest tonight. Uh, and thank you also to Eleni Yee for, for popping in. Uh, always always appreciate it when you can. Uh, it's good. I, I told you offline, I think it's going to be your thing now. We're going to have episodes where like it starts with you not there, and then all of a sudden people are just going to be waiting T T minus to eleven show uh, to Elena showing up, uh, so you can run a pool. Mm. You can get a get a like a, see what what the minute is. Oh that, yeah, we should start appears. taking bets. Like yeah. when when will Elena pop into the to the podcast? Uh, we spun a whole yeah. new subsection uh, yeah. <laughs> of betting and gambling in Vegas. Yeah, I love it. Uh, anyway, and thank thanks everybody for hanging out. Um, it's it's been a good time, but we need to end it. So I'm gonna play the outro and get us out of here. Goodbye.